Sup? 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 Hopefully everybody's doing great. All right. Light Skin Heroes, Cash App. Light Skin Hero. Question topic, $5 minimum. Although, thinking about raising that. So, this topic comes in from... um, Comes in from Miss Second. Who sent this in? Oh, this was uh Jonathan. Jonathan sent this topic in. Jonathan said, Hey, check out this video by Boyce Watkins and Dr. Claude Anderson. And he said, um, he said he wants to know if black people are done. <laughs> And Jonathan says he feels like he's just getting started. So how do I feel about this? All right, so we're gonna we're gonna watch this video together. It's an hour long, y'all. This is this gonna be one of them streams I might fall asleep in. I don't like watching these long videos, but you know, I do what I can for the peoples. Let's see what they got here talking about, man. Uh, hey, hey, everybody, what's going on? I hope you guys are having a good day. I'm Dr. Boyce Watkins from Your Black World, the Black Business School. And uh, and I would like to say hello to you. Uh, welcome to DrBoyceTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. So uh, if you're not black and intelligent, you probably want to leave and get out of here because uh, this is not the place for you. Uh, now, you guys know that uh, that every week we we do we, we, we typically do Powernomics Thursday, but actually this week we're doing Powernomics Tuesday. Uh, and, and that is the time where we get an opportunity to speak with uh, a living legend, a uh, person that is one of the most significant human beings in, in all of uh, not just black history, but all of history, period. Uh, Dr. Claude Anderson. Dr. Anderson is the author. of Now, I've always wondered what makes Dr. Claude Anderson a living legend? Like, I'm, I legit wondered this. I've seen people throw this label around. I just want to know exactly what makes him a living legend. Like, what has he done? I mean, somebody answer this question for me. This is a legit question. Like, what has Dr. Claude Anderson done to put him on a living legend status aside from write some books and then he had like a little fish farm and then he worked in Capitol Hill back in the seventies or something like that, or for, the, for some presidential administration. I don't understand what makes this guy a legend. Maybe somebody can, somebody in the comments can help me. I, I just don't understand it. I mean, that's a legit question. I don't know what makes him a legend. Uh, Powernomics, Black Labor, White Wealth, The Black History Reader, and Dirty Little Secrets One and Two. And uh, and as you guys come into the chat. Apparently is more important than Malcolm and Harriet, I guess. I don't know. I'd like to ask Dr. Anderson, how you doing today, sir? Oh, I'm doing much better than I've been doing now for about the last four or five months, Dr. Watkins. I feel much better, a little stronger. Looks like I may be able to survive uh, my pain. What is this black gentrification shirt Boyce Watkins has on? What is that about? Black people gentrifying white communities now? <laughs> how does this work? Ass affliction and uh, stay away from this new one that got called uh, this, uh, what's it called? Coronavirus. 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't be right. like that. Yeah. So I'm trying. I'm trying to duck everything that's bad, and uh, it's hard if you're black because typically you're going to get your overload of everything that's bad in the society, and that's what I talk about all the time. That's because of the social construct that we live in. Everything. Look on life, man. Like, I, I just don't understand. I, I, I fail to see what's so positive about pro-blackness. Everything is doom and gloom with these people, man. Do, I mean, did you just hear what Dr. Claude Anderson just said? Everything is literally just doom and gloom with these people. And uh, so we'll talk about that, though, later on today. All right. Well, you know what? Well, I'm glad you're okay, and I know you're a tough guy, and I know you're going to make it through whatever they throw at you. And uh, everybody that comes in, uh, shout out your city. Let us know what city you're from. Uh, put your hashtag B1 in the chat. Uh, B1 means that you're black first. If you are black first and you agree with this philosophy, uh, put hashtag B1 in the chat. And So if you don't agree with the philosophy, what, that doesn't mean you can't be B1 now? <laughs> you, hear what he, you hear what Boyce just said? He said, type B1 in the chat if you agree with this philosophy. Well, what if you don't agree with the philosophy? You can't be B1? So what what is this? In order to be B1, you have to agree with what is being said on this video? How does this work? And, uh, and we're going to begin this conversation now because I, I think this is one where everybody needs to hear uh, from somebody that really understands how to put uh, our experiences in historical context. And so I'm going to start with the big elephant in the room. Uh, Dr. Anderson, so everybody on my timeline has been talking about uh, this whole situation with this uh, kid, Ahmad Arbery who uh, was shot down uh, in uh, cold blood uh, down in Georgia uh, in, in this situation where um, there was an accusation that he was uh, breaking into houses. That, that's They suspected that he was. A- he wasn't shot down in cold blood. He was shot because he tried to take a loaded weapon from some dude. Now, why do people keep twisting the narrative when there is a clear video out there showing exactly what happened? Burglar. And uh, and there was uh, and then and then also it got even more controversial because there was a video of him walking in and in and out of an abandoned house. And this was a neighborhood. It wasn't an abandoned house. It was a house under construction. Like, why do they purposely put misinformation out there? He was shot in cold blood. He went into an abandoned house. It wasn't abandoned. But that he didn't live in, you know, so he walked in the house, looked around. And then he walked out. BP stands for black people. And then uh, I guess people saw him uh, walking out of the house. He took off down the street. So a couple of white guys, uh, you know, uh, father, son got, got in their trucks and they uh, chased him down the street. And when they caught up with him, they said, you know, stop, freeze. And he didn't stop. And I guess they got into a scuffle and uh, Ahmad ended up being shot and killed. Now, you know what I don't understand about this part of the story, why pro-blacks and black people are mad? Isn't this what pro-blacks and social justice, especially pro-blacks, talk about doing? Don't they preach this whole police your police your own communities up, police your neighborhoods, police your own communities? Isn't this technically what, what, what them guys' name is, Travis McMichael and Gregory McMichael were doing? I mean, they were literally doing what pro-blacks talk about people in a black community should be doing as in literally. So I don't understand this whole, why some pro blacks frame it as, as a quote unquote bad thing. When this is what these people talk about all the time, we need to police our own communities. 
Well, what what is what does that mean? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I say, they don't they don't they don't the argument does they don't like the argument because some white dudes was policing their own communities. That's that's what it means. But like I told you guys before, let the races have been reversed. Two black dudes and a white dude, and the white dude gets killed. This wouldn't even be a story. Nobody would be outraged. In fact, people would be celebrating it. Killed. So this has become a, a, a huge racial issue. Uh, a lot of liberals, you know, and, and, and black folks have felt that this was uh, that this was almost like a lynching, that this was a black man just being killed just for, you know, being in a white neighborhood. But then there are conservatives who have said, uh, no, this man, they, they thought he was a burglar. They, they, they saw him walking in and out of this house. He wasn't just jogging through the neighborhood. They, they felt like he was there for a reason. But then there but most people, it seems, don't feel he deserved to die. But, you know, Dr. Anson, I'm going to tell you what I was thinking when I saw it. And I'd like for you to uh, feel, uh, feel free to say what you want, but I'd love to, for you to also put it in a historical context. Um, you know, what really was interesting to me was I, I can understand anybody defending the neighborhood. That's just something I believe in. But uh, but there's nothing in Georgia citizens arrest laws that say you should be chasing people down the street with guns. You know, and I think that's the part that got to me. It almost made me think about almost like slave. This dude doesn't know what he's talking about. There's a law saying that you can open carry in Georgia as it's literally on the books. If people think, oh, they, they grabbed their guns and started chasing them. Look, if you can open carry, open carry means you just got your weapon out. It's either on your hip or whatever. And if I want to chase somebody down the street with my weapon out or on my hip in Georgia, you can do that. <laughs> it's literally the law. It's, it's written on the books. If catches like, I don't know if these two white guys might have felt the same about chasing another white man down the street with guns. Or I don't know how we would react if two black men chased a white guy down the street with guns. Um, what are your thoughts on just all of that? Like what goes through your mind when you hear just everything I just laid out for you? <laughs> you laid out pretty well, buddy, as usual. I but did, I, I do, I do my best. <laughs> you recited, you recited the Second Amendment to the United States Constitution, which says the Second Amendment to the Constitution says it was his. Uh, relating to gun control and gun requirements. That goes back to slavery. But nobody, nobody ever connects the dots between the Second Amendment and the Constitution and black folk being shot. <clears throat> that, is, that is historical. And, um, and, and but what the Constitution did, it authorized, not only did it authorize, it demanded, it demanded that every white person between the ages of 18, every white male, between the ages of 18 and 45, be armed, A-R-M-E-D, be armed at all times <clears throat> to be able to accost, approach, check, monitor any black person they call. When's the last time y'all have been accosted, checked, and approached by white dudes holding guns? Like somebody in the audience is telling me that. Like when were you just out for a casual stroll or doing whatever, and some random white dude because the Second Amendment has historically granted white people the authority to uh, have guns. When was the last time some white dude just came up on y'all with a gun? Like, like, when does this happen? Where is this stuff happening at? On the street or off the street at any particular time, 24 hours a day. That's the second. That is, a, that is in the Constitution. And everybody always talk about more gun control. And uh, they ignore that fact. And that's why all those, those young men... And his father 
was chasing that black man because you have approximately about, <clears throat> excuse me, you got about approximately maybe 300 and maybe 370 million uh, firearms in the United States on the streets, 300 and 360 or 70 million guns out there. And guess what? 99.7 percent of them all owned by owned by whites, because the whites were required by the by the law, in the 13th. He said 99 percent of all guns are owned by whites, but black people are the main ones out here talking about we's being hunted. It's a race war. How come more black people don't own guns? <laughs> How come black people don't go buy guns? How are you going to fight a race war when you don't have anything to fight the race war with? How does this work? In the uh, second constitution, to be able that everybody between 18 and 45 had to join a militia, a white militia, to be able to watch out to, for what reason? To protect white persons and protect white property. Whites owned all the property and they were, and they were scared of black people rising up. And so they called them patty rollers. They had to walk the streets on a regular basis and they joined the militias to make sure they sell any black to stop him at any time and ask him for a proper credentials. Why is he on the street? Why is he on the road? Where is he going? What is he up to? Why aren't you on the plantation? Why aren't you out there picking cotton? And that's why. Ain't y'all glad y'all don't live back then? <laughs> ain't y'all glad y'all don't live back in them days? Last time that happened to y'all. All that comes from. And that's been on the records now for 377 years, going on 400 years. And no talks about gun, when they talk about gun control, they, they don't, they, they, they miss the fact that all the weapons are owned basically by whites. And then most of the incidents and shootings occur by white males in that angel race. And they join the militias to make sure they sell any black to stop him at any time and ask him for a proper credentials. Why is he on the street? Why is he on the road? Where is he going? What is he up to? Why aren't you on the plantation? Why aren't you out there picking cotton? And that's where all that comes from. And that's been on the records now for 377 years, going on 400 years. And no talks about gun, when they talk about gun control, they, they don't, they, they, they miss the fact that all the weapons are owned basically by whites. And then most of the incidents and shootings occur by white males in that age range of 18 to 45 shooting blacks. And then, and they ignore the fact that nobody is shooting whites. Did y'all hear what he just said? He said, most of these are whites shooting blacks. And nobody's shooting white. Yeah, do y'all, y'all want to look up the FBI crime statistics? I did it for y'all. <laughs> let's, 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 look at the, let's look at the numbers, right? I'm about to pull. Let's look at some numbers here, y'all. So this is the 2018 FBI crime statistics as far as homicide is concerned, right? Homicide could be anything from shootings, stabbings, beatings, whatever. Hold up. This from 2018. Look at these numbers, y'all. Look at these numbers. You got, hold up, I actually did the math on this earlier. You got a grand total in the year 2018 
6,570 people were killed in America due to homicide. That's what that's the grand total. All right. 3,177 of those homicides were committed by a black person. This comes out to be about 48% of all the murders were committed by a black person. 3,011 of those homicides were committed by white people. That comes out to be about 46%. Now, you got to remember, according to the latest and greatest population numbers, black people make up 13% of the population still. White people are at 76.5% of the population. So you have 13% of the population committed 48% of the homicides in 2018. 13% of the population committed 48% of the homicides. You're probably like, how I got that number? Well, easy. You see where it says race of offender right here? Where it says black, African-American, just add 514 plus 2,600 plus 39 plus 24, and you're going to get 3,177. You add the totals, 3,315, 2,925, 220, and 110, you're going to get 6,570. You take 3,177, divided by 6,570, and you get 48%. That's how you get the 48% total of black homicides. Y'all want to know what the police, y'all want to know what the, the, how many cops killed black people that same year? Let's look at, let's look at these numbers, y'all. Let's look at these numbers. Hold on. This is from the Washington Post. 2018, 229 black people were shot and killed by the police. 229. Let's go back to the FBI stats. Look at these crazy numbers over here. You had 514 black people kill white people. You had 234 whiten up all these black people. <laughs> Where do you, where's this stuff happening at, man? If anything, white people are chopping each other down the most. Where are all these white folks killing all these black people? This is from 2018. Here comes Vic Creed. Their lies, their lies. Remember, Vic, Vic Creed is part of the team that, that believes the FBI report that says law enforcement has been infiltrated by white supremacists. So they'll believe that, but they won't believe these stats when this is coming from the FBI as well. Where are, listen, they don't have the 2019 numbers out yet. I looked, I couldn't find them. This is just 2018 with homicides, y'all. Where are all these white people killing black people, ladies and gentlemen? We're looking at the numbers right here. We're looking at them. Black people contributed to 40, you add up all these numbers and find the percentages, black people account for 48% of the homicides in America, and we're only 13% of the population 
as we go by the latest and greatest census numbers. Y'all need to see the numbers. Let's look at the numbers. I, I looked this up earlier because I was curious. I was like, how many people, who's killing who out here? Hold up. It is white people, 76.5%. Black people, 13.4%. That's, that's the latest census numbers. 2018, 229 cops killed black people. Let's look at white people. I mean, I didn't even look that one up. Look at this. Look at this, ladies and gentlemen. In 2018, the police killed 451 white people. Look, shout out the murder for the five dollars. Does anybody recall seeing any White Lives Matters protests or stop killing us police? Like, like where are all the white protests? Look at these. This is this is coming from the Washington Post. Do y'all know who owns the Washington Post? A liberal. <laughs> I think Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post, y'all. Look at this. This is 2018. 451 white people were killed by the police. Let's go back to the black people. 229 were killed by the, by the police. Let's go back to the FBI crime stats. Let me get my screen right. Hold up. Look at the numbers. I'm not making this stuff up, man. These are the numbers. Black people account for 48% of the homicides, y'all. And are only 13% of the population. White people account for 46%, but they make up 76% of the population. Look. 514 homicides, white people died at the hands of black people in 2018. 234 black people died at the hands of white people in 2018. That's almost, that's like damn near double the number. Or it is double the number. Almost two and a half times the number. Where are all these white people killing black people? Where are all these crazy, deranged cops? How come white folks ain't out there marching around talking about how come the cops is killing us? Shouldn't it be white people? Shouldn't it be white people who go around talking about we can't drive while white? We can't jog in the park while white? We can't. I mean, the, look, how many black people was it again? Look, you had two, you had twice the number of white people get killed by cops than black people. 229 black people in 2018, 451 white people in 2018. Shouldn't it be white people saying all this crap black people are saying? Weez can't jog, weez can't drive, weez can't do nothing. Shouldn't it, I mean, shouldn't it be the opposite way around in regards to the police? And then when you get to the FBI crime stats over here, 
Shouldn't it be the opposite way around with white people talking about weeds can't jog, they's hunting us? <laughs> Jogging while white? I mean, I'm listen, I'm showing y'all the numbers. It seems like everything black people say, white people should be saying it. They should be saying this stuff about the police. They get killed at a way higher number than black people do. Twice the number, bare minimum. Black, white people are killed at twice the rate by black people than black people are by white people. It should be white folks out there saying, we can't, we can't jog anymore. We just can't do this. We just can't do that. Instead, black people are saying this crap when the numbers don't bear out. The numbers don't match the rhetoric. This is straight off the FBI website, y'all. You can go to ucr.fbi.gov. I'll put it in the chat. ucr.fbi.gov. That's a government website. This is the same organization that put out the report that said law enforcement has been infiltrated by a bunch of white supremacists. That same organization that put that report out that every pro-black has been running all crazy with to try to justify racist cops all over the place. But this is the same organization that put these stats up in front of your face about who actually is killing who. I don't, then we go over to the, to the Washington post. This is a liberal. This is owned by Jeff Bezos. To my knowledge, Jeff Bezos is a liberal. This ain't some conservative right wing website that wrote this newspaper. As far as I know, the Washington post is kind of liberal. Look at the numbers, man. Everything black people are saying is what white people should be saying in regards to who's getting killed and who's getting hunted. Like these are the raw numbers in front of your face. Like I said, 451 white people were killed by the cops in 2018. 229 black people were killed by the cops in 2018. Go back to the FBI crime, crime stats over here from 2018 as far as homicides is concerned. Black people killed 3,177 people out of the grand total of 6,570 people who were killed in America that year. That accounts for 48% of the homicides. White people killed 3,011 people out of the grand total of 6,570. That accounts for 46%. Those, those, those percentages are two points off, but the population of black people in America is only 13%. White folks make up 76.5% of the population, according to the latest demographic numbers. So you have 13% who commits almost 50% of the murders, y'all. And then, like I say, look at the numbers. 514 white people were killed by black people that year. 234 black people were killed by white people. That is double. That's double the numbers. What do we, what, what, where are all these 
what are we talking about here in regards to all this craziness about how y'all can't go out the go outside and do nothing because a cop or a white person is coming to get you? The numbers don't justify that those comments from anybody. This is this is this, this is just total madness that is run amok out here. The numbers do not justify this this bogus fear black people claim to have a white people and cops. If anything, if anything, it should be white people saying this crap. They're the ones who get killed by cops more than black people. It should be white will kill the black people in, in that same year. Like, what the hell are we talking about, man? That's why I <laughs> says, what color were the people who were killed? What are you talking about? It's right there in front of your screen. Can you read? Look at the far right column. It says race of victim. Just go down. White, black, other race, unknown race. Race of offender is at this top column. You get to these numbers right here, 514. That means 514 white people were killed, uh, were, ki were, were murdered at the hands of, were, were murdered by black people is what that means. That's <laughs> like, do you not know how to read charts? This isn't a complicated chart. It gives you all the pertinent information right there. Race and the victims. 2018. The 2019 stats haven't come out yet. They probably won't be out. I think these stats are at least a year behind. So probably towards the end of 2020, we'll get the 2019 numbers. So what are we talking about with this? Like I say, these pro-blacks live in Jim Crow. They live on the plantation where you can say all this craziness was going on all day, every day with, with, with uh, white people doing crazy crap onto black people. Dude, it's 2020, man. The numbers say it's the complete opposite. This is why I get up on here and say, dude, you Negroes have got to stop pretending like you were living in the past. Everything, you, you can't sit around here pretending like this is 1920 or 1820. This is 2020. This is what the numbers say. Or at least from 2018. But I'm pretty sure the 2019 numbers, when they release those, they'll probably, they'll be damn near on par with these numbers. This is, this is the stuff. This is what I'm talking about with these pro blacks, man. They refuse. Vic, you don't trust the numbers, Vic. Aren't you one of these people who believes all white supremacists infiltrated the law enforcement that when the FBI said this? Because if, if you don't believe these numbers coming from the FBI, then you can't believe the report that the FBI put out saying that it's a bunch of white supremacists in law enforcement. All this stuff comes from the same organization. You can't just pick and choose what you want to believe from an organization. But see, that's what pro-blacks like to do. They like to pick the information that makes white people look bad and believe it. But when it comes to information that black people looks bad, all of a sudden it's conspiracy. They cook in the books. 
yada, yada, yada. It's the same people that put this information out, man, the FBI. Like, well, like, what reason do they have to lie? Especially if you're going to believe that all white, a bunch of white people have infiltrated law enforcement. All right, so why would you doubt this? This is what the numbers say. Let's get back to boys and them. I'm just trying to, I'm just, I'm just trying to make sense of this "woe is me" narrative and they's hunting us down. Crap, ain't nobody hunting y'all but other black people. Oh, y'all want to see the black on black crime stats? Oh, let me go back. I'll show you what the numbers look like. I mean, you know, they're pretty high, 2,600. But, you know, that's proximity because, you know, white people, they, 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 out, they, they uh, outdid us by 77 that year. <laughs> you know, those numbers are expected to be high, expected to be on par. But when you get into the, inter, into interracial, 514 white people died at the hands of a black person that year compared to 234 black people dying at the hands of a white person that same year. You get back to the uh, police shootings, because we're all told it's just 18. Look at the white numbers. 451 white people were killed by the cops in 2018. Who's really being hunted by the cops out here? And how come all these white folks ain't on Twitter talking about days hunting us? Police is just killing us all willy-nilly. We just can't do nothing. The police, the police, the police. Why, well, how come they ain't out there? You come over here. Let me, let me break out my calculator here. Let's see what, let's see what the, uh, what is this? Hold up. Oh, I did that wrong. What's 514 divided by 234? Yeah, that's 2.2%. Black people killed white people by 2.2%. A 2.2% greater death rate. Oh, y'all can't see it, my bad. 2.2% greater, uh, I don't know how to phrase it, but anyways, 2 Two times, two, 2.2% <laughs> 2 more black people kill white people than white people kill black people in 2018. You want to go back to the original stats? Black people, if you look at all these numbers and do, do, the, do the math, it comes out to be black people killed are responsible for 48% of the murders in 2018. White people are responsible for 46 Black people make up 13% of the population. White people make up 76%. You have almost, you have 13% of the population doing almost 50% of the murders in one year. <laughs> so I'm, I'm trying to understand this, this, this boogeyman narrative. The numbers isn't showing that there's a boogeyman out there. If anything, it's making black people look like the boogeyman. Especially when you start getting into the murder rate. I mean, I don't know how anybody else can interpret this information any other way. White Daddy also wrote the paper that pro-blacks love to throw around talking about how the FBI, how law enforcement has a bunch of white supremacists in it. 
It's the same, it's the same white daddy organization that put these numbers together. Same people. How many people did I kill? I don't, I don't recall killing anybody this year. I was part of the uh I was part of the group of people who didn't kill nobody this year. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You know I mean, I was trying to help keep the numbers. I was trying to help keep the numbers lower, but apparently I, that wasn't working out too well. Nobody. You just asked about whites. Nobody's shooting at the whites. You've not heard about anybody that's shooting. Do you hear this? So I just said, okay, so I just gave you all those numbers. Now let's listen to what Dr. Claude Anderson is saying right here. Plantation. Why aren't you out there picking cotton? And that's where all that comes from. And that's been on the records now for 377 years, going on 400 years. And no about gun, when they talk about gun control, they, they don't they, they they miss the fact that all the weapons are owned basically by whites, and then most of the incidents and shootings occur by white males in that age range of eighteen to forty five shooting blacks, and then and they ignore the fact that nobody is shooting whites. <laughs> nobody, you just asked about whites. Nobody's shooting into whites. You've not heard about anybody that's shooting whites now. You haven't heard about anybody shooting down white women. You haven't heard about anybody shooting down Jews. You haven't heard anybody shooting down Arabs. You haven't heard anybody shooting down American Indians. You haven't heard anybody shooting down Hispanics. They only do it to black folk because the Constitution stipulates that they are authorized to be the carrier of weapons and to be able to use it anytime they think they want to. He said nobody's shooting whites, Indians, Hispanics, Women, white women's everybody. That is literally not true. <laughs> this is a dude with a PhD, ladies and gentlemen. This is a dude with a PhD, y'all. This is just literally not true. <laughs> I'm trying to listen, I'm trying to understand. How is he a PhD and esteemed as this, as Boyce Watkins said, he's a, a living legend in all this crap. When he just literally just said a bunch of BS that is not true. The numbers say the complete opposite of what he just said. Like, I, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what else to say about this. But this is how all these pro-blacks are. They literally lie. They are literally liars, y'all. Every last one of them are liars. Tariq, Jason Black, Boyce Watkins, Michi X, Umar Johnson. Uh, uh, throw Dr. Claude Anderson up in here now. All of them are liars. Nobody is hunting black people like that. If anything, these white folks is getting handed that business. <laughs> but then he did make a good point. How come you don't hear nobody crying about the white, white people's crying about this? That's an excellent point. Why aren't white people crying about this? I got my theory. You want to know what my theory is? My theory is simple. I tell you what my theory is. How come you don't see white people out here doing a white lives matter protest in, in, in regards to police brutality? Because apparently, according to 2018, 451 white people were killed by black people. That's almost twice as many whites were killed by cops than blacks in one year. <laughs> 
You know why they're not out there doing it? For the same reason I say it's BS over here in the black community. And that reason is, is because the chances of you dying at the hands of a white person or a cop, I should say, are astronomically smaller, tinier than you being killed by somebody that looks like you. If we go back to the white on white crime. Look at this. 2,677 white folks killed other white folks that, that year, that same year. 451 of these white people were killed by cops that same year. What's the percentage on this? Let's do the percentage. Let me, let me, let me, let me break out my calculator. We take 451. We divide that by 2677. Maybe my math is off. I don't know. I'm not going to figure it out. But anyways, it's, it's, an, it's, 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 a, it's a very tiny. Well, I think I had it right. I ain't took a math class in forever. Okay. This, according to what I just punched in, it's like 17%. Uh, you can argue that's high, small, whatever. But that's in relation to a population that makes up 75% of the population as well. But regardless, the chances of this happening to you are small. Just like with the black community, the chances of you getting killed by a cop are small. I mean, it just is. Let's go back to the black peoples. 229. Look at the black. 2,600 black people killed other black people that same year. I mean, that's why you don't hear white people crying about this, man. They don't cry about this because, granted, nobody's over ignoring the fact that somebody died. Now, whether or not these are justified or not, I don't know. This is just what the numbers say. But the chances of this happening to you are just small, man. It's just small. This is why you don't see white people walking around. White lives matter. We need to go march. And you don't see white reverends coming out. Every time a white person is killed, you don't see no news crews running to the scene investigate up oh, a cop killed a white person today up oh, you don't see none of that crap <laughs> one it ain't gonna sell it ain't gonna sell you can't you can't sell the the boogeyman racist narrative when you got cops out there killing way more white people than black people it's hard to sell the racist narrative with that group that only works with black people when they're victimized but it's just all lies at this point, man, with these people. These people literally want to pretend like we are living in Jim Crow or on the plantation when you cannot apply that logic to today's times. These people are just lying just to drum up sales and views. They got a new justification which says that you don't have to wait to actually convict, uh, find a black guilty of something is that if you see him, you can shoot him on that basis, be quiet, because you feel offended by his skin color. You feel threatened by his skin color. And therefore, you got a legitimate ground to stand your ground and shoot and kill him. <laughs> and that's been going on for the longest. 
and black folk had never pushed back. Is that what cops are doing to white people? They feel offended by white people's skin color? Because they've killed way more white people than black people in 2018. <laughs> One, because they don't have any leadership. They have no leader, leadership organizations in America. They, have, they don't have not one, not one, not one black organization in America that pushes the back and this stuff. <clears throat> what they got is a front, a fake out called NAACP and Urban League. Those are the two most useless organizations in the history of the world. All they do is front, pretend that somehow. Remember, both these guys have PhDs, y'all. These ain't some niggas with GEDs running around here with YouTube channels. These Negroes have PhDs, ladies and gentlemen. Means they're supposed to be super smart to get a PhD. At least that's how it's supposed to come off. They're gonna, they're gonna look out for black folk. We have to look. We gotta look out for everybody. We gotta, we gotta look out for gays, midgets, humpback, one-eyed, peg leg, anybody. And uh, because they are subsidized by white corporations. And they haven't got the backbone or the gall or the fortitude to stick up for black folk. And worse than that, you have no black leadership in America. I cannot think of maybe maybe one or two exceptions of any black person in America right now <clears throat> that stands up strictly and solely for black folk. I guess with the exception of myself and see that I'm just about dumb enough to keep doing it myself. Uh, you have to ignore facts and numbers, Meta Doll, in 2020. Because it just doesn't mesh with this, woe is me, we still on a plantation, we still in Jim Crow narrative. This is why they always revert back to talking about slavery and Jim Crow. Because that is the only place you can make these arguments make sense. You can't make these arguments make sense in 2020, man, when you look at the raw numbers. To look out for them. Nobody sticks up for black folk. Now, what they're going to do is... What is they're going to say, now, once we shoot down this black, just like every every other, every four or five months, we're going to shoot down a black. We know what those black folk are going to do. All they're going to do is have a march. They're going to call some visible black. He says every four or five months, we're going to shoot down a black. Dude, they're shoot. That's not what the numbers say. The numbers say every four or five months, they're shooting down white people. Like, I don't get it. How, how can people just sit up here and just lie like this, man? Just, just in your face, just make lies up. And we and the visible black means those blacks who are in that are and the over black overclass. We'll call one or two of those to come out. And what they'll do, they'll talk about how bad it is. Not that you just shot a black man, but that you shot a minority or a poor person or a person of color or a diversity person. And uh, therefore, we need to have a march. And you see, if white folk know that, know that routine down pat. It's been going on now for 300, almost 400 years. Have a march. And a march has never, 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 never accomplished a damn thing for black folk. That's not what, and see, they, they kill, go back to the stuff of the civil rights movement, Martin Luther King's thing somehow, because they've been misled and faked out, believing that somehow if they march, that's gonna bring change. Ain't never brought about any change. One of the change came about was when black folk hit the street and started saying, we're going to burn and do this and that. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to practice uh, quid pro quo. If you hit me, we're going to hit you back. You, you send me to the hospital, I'm going to send you to the morgue. See, when, see, that's what they're scared of. But see, but they can't practice that because black folk don't, make, don't produce any weapons. 
They don't manufacture any weapons. They don't manufacture any bullets. They don't have they don't have any any gun ranges. They, they don't have. Any- now, some of the stuff I agree with them on. All this I was watching. What's that clown's name from New York City? Blackmail. Not not BMT. Let me get the name right. It's this other dude, this other YouTuber I was watching. The whole video, he was on there talking about how niggas need to be out there attacking cops and shooting them and, and, and killing them and, and doing all kinds of crazy shit. I was watching him on live last night. I was like, this, oh yeah, his name is uh, Blackmail Advice TV. Blackmail Advice TV. Let me put him on screen. I was watching this dude last night. He's showing all these clips of cops allegedly brutalizing and messing with black people. And he's over here talking about, y'all need to be out there doing something. Y'all should have been just pulling guns out, blazing them. I'm like, man, that's all cool to talk like that because you all in your feels. Because, you know, he's showing all these videos. You know, listen, y'all know how I feel about these videos. When they show these videos of cops messing with people, yeah, Ringo TV Raw, that's his name. When they show all these videos of cops messing with people, they never show footage of what happened before the interaction and the the, the tussling started happening with the cops. We always see where the video starts where the cops is allegedly roughing some people up. You don't ever see what took place before that. Why were they called out there? What was happening? Yada, yada, yada. Now, I know what happens. You all know what happens. My man Akatunde explains what happens all the time. Every, you know, you can go watch a couple of these new Ahmad Arbery videos that came out. The one where he got arrested at the Walmart. Did y'all see that video? The one where he was uh, uh, in that, in, he, he almost got tased. Did y'all see that video? I'm not saying that the brother deserved to die, but I'm just saying My man, Ox, said it better than me. I've been saying it, but he just simplified it way better than me. The average Negro, when they encounter a police officer, it could be something minor, dude. It will go from something as simple as, can you please pick up the candy wrapper that you dropped on the ground? That can turn into a race war between a cop and a black person. A black person goes from zero to a million miles an hour just that fast with a cop, man, with any type of interaction with him. So blackmail advice showing all these videos of these cops allegedly getting into it with all these black people. But like I said, there was never any context to explain how the interaction happened. But he's on his YouTube channel last night talking about y'all should have been out there stomping them cops should have been pulling guns out blazing. I'm like, ah. you know, it's going to be some idiot that takes this crap to heart. And then I'm wondering, OK, blackmail advice TV. When your mans get killed or go to jail for listening to your dumb advice that you sitting in sitting on YouTube land, because you notice all these niggas that give out this these instructions, they they chilling in the comfort of their house. <laughs> you don't see these niggas out there on the streets. They at the comfort of their house telling other people what they should be doing. But let's just say somebody goes out there and does it. Black male advice TV, aka Ringo Star TV. You know the same guy who once upon a time was praising R. Kelly for preying on young girls. Oh, yeah, don't think I forgot about that, Blackmail Advice TV. You have a video out there commending R. Kelly for praising, for for, for praying on minor underage girls. 
You got the video out there about that, bro. Remember that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But he's out here telling people to do this crap. So let's just say you get locked up or thrown in jail. If you think this nigga finna help out with your legal fees or your funeral fees or like, what was he going to do? They're going to they gonna turn you into a martyr and sell T-shirts with your name on it. You're going to get your own street in Blackistan. They're going to name a school after you or some shit. Like, like what, what is the end result going to be other than you laying in a pine box or you locked up in a cage in jail somewhere on Rikers Island or wherever? And nothing changes because you want to go out there and bust your guns because you want to be a warrior of the community. What does that change? Especially like Claude Anderson is saying, you don't own any infrastructure. So I actually agree with Claude on this. You can't do those type of things if you don't have any infrastructure in place that is backed up by some type of rules and regulations to allow for you to go out there and do this crazy crap that you're envisioning. These niggas are nuts. Having a gunshot. They all sitting on YouTube from the comfort of their home telling you niggas to go out there and do this stuff. They're not they're totally unable to protect themselves. That goes back to the original intent of that 13th Amendment. I mean, that Second Amendment in the Constitution. We say it's keep them powerless, keep them unarmed. That's why it started in about, in about 1643. They passed laws saying that no black person can walk around with a weapon. You can't carry weapons. No tools, no mirrors, no knife, no hatches, no axe, nothing. You have to be totally, totally disarmed. So if we attack you or grab you or stop you or start shooting at you, you cannot respond appropriately. It's 2020, Dr. Claude Anderson. I'm pretty sure if Negroes go apply for their weapons permit, their open carry permit, they can carry weapons too if their city allows for it. Now, New York City is different. You know, check your local and state laws. But if you're legally allowed to do it, you can do it. Like, we're not, dude, we're not in, we're not, dude, this isn't the era of Harriet Tubman, y'all. If you are legally allowed to own a firearm, you just got to fill out the paperwork, pay your money, and go get your firearm. That's all you got to do. And then make sure you follow whatever rules are associated with your city, state, and all that stuff. <laughs> like, literally, that's all you got to do. That's, what, that's what I, why that young man got killed. Because nobody's questioning what's going on. You have, they have no leadership, no leadership organizations. No, Black. Claude. The man, Ar Ahmad Arbery, got killed because he tried to take the weapon away from a dude who had the legal right to have a weapon and got shot because he got shot in the hand first. How do you get shot in the hand with a shotgun, ladies and gentlemen? You know how that happens? By you grabbing the barrel of the shotgun. That's, that's how you get shot in the hand. When you grab the barrel of a loaded weapon, your hand's probably going to get blown off. Acts are not armed, they cannot be armed, cannot prepare to defend themselves. <clears throat> and, and, so, and that's why white folk had a basic philosophy. In conclusion, to answer your question, <clears throat> whites understand that, they have, they, <clears throat> that black folk are powerless, powerless people, they're weak people. But more importantly, he says that they are harmless and they can never do, they never take up arms to do anything against whites. In response to what whites do to them, they are the most patriotic people in the country, would never take up arms. All they do is take a licking and keep on ticking. That's it. Mm. 
Man, <laughs> he said, y'all weak. Y'all get mad at me when I say this. These are pro-blacks saying this about y'all. I've told y'all before, pro-blacks are the main ones who call black people, who, who bash black people. Uh, everybody who's watching, I'm speaking with Dr. Claude Anderson. Dr. Anderson is the author of the books, Powernomics, Black Labor, White Wealth, The Black History Reader, Dirty Little Secrets 1 and 2. I want to say hello to everybody on Instagram. My Instagram is The Real Voice Watkins. If you want to see Dr. Anderson on screen, just go to drvoicetv.com right now, drvoicetv.com, and you can watch um, uh, both of us on screen and join the chat if that's something that you want to do. Uh, also, please hit the thumbs up button on your way in. Please hit the thumbs up button. I also want to make sure I mention um, uh, I don't, uh, sorry, I want a mask.com. I want a mask.com. Uh, they came through and made a, a donation in the chat. Thank you. So uh, if you go to I want a mask.com to get a a mask that you can wear uh, to protect yourself from COVID, uh, go to IWantAMask.com and use the code Dr. Boyce and you'll get 30% off. So put in Dr. Boyce. And I don't know, I don't know these folks, but they keep coming in the chat. What? How do you not know them? How did that? How... <laughs> he said, go to, go to IWantAMask.com and put in the code Dr. Boyce to get a 30% discount. But then he's talking about, I don't know these people. Well, how'd you get a damn discount code if you don't know them? <laughs> how did that work and they make the donation and it's a nice donation and so i'm very happy to send them as much business as possible because y'all know y'all need masks anyway so uh go to i want to how does that work how do you say you don't know who somebody is but they have a discount code for you how does that work unless they just made it up on the fly mass.com use the code dr boyce uh one word not two words one word you get 30 percent off so so there we go so very very smart black people they they do they just did business with me and don't ain't even met me yet uh, so i love it i love it you help me i help you uh so dr Anderson, let me let me uh dig in and ask you this question so um you know it, it's uh I, I like the fact that you gave that clarity on the whole ahmaud arbery situation because uh, a lot of people don't know their history. You know, they don't. Who out there owns a firearm and feels like you're being controlled or prevented from being as black as you want to be with your firearm? You got a dude out there named Coleon Noir has over a million damn people on YouTube following him, sub to his channel. He's a lawyer. All he does is talk about guns over there all day long. You got Maj Ture, another black dude, start up a website called Black Guns Matter. All he talks about is guns all day, educating people on guns. The problem is niggas don't want to get educated on what they can and can't do with guns, man. And you know what happens when you go get educated? That means you have to sit down and read these pamphlets, read these laws, read these websites, you know, read the little fine print. Negroes don't like reading. So it's easier to say, oh, they's just depressing us. We can't do nothing. The Second Amendment was for the white peoples. No, Negro. This ain't 1820. Go read the damn fine print. If you got the money and you're legally allowed to own a firearm in your state, you can go get one. Fill out your paperwork, pass your backgrounds, pay your fees. You should be good money. But being that you niggas don't want to read this stuff and figure out what you can and can't do, it's easier to revert back to days ain't going to let us do nothing, man. We just can't do nothing. The laws ain't written for us. It's written for them. How do you know what the laws say when you ain't read it, nigga? Because if you read it, I bet you you, you figure out, man, I qualifies. I go get me a gun, too. <laughs> uh, this, this whole idea. I mean, the first thing that, that they did when 
uh, he got killed was they arranged, uh, they didn't arrange a march this time. They arranged a run. They said, we're going to all jog 2.23 miles to, to, you know, to salute him in in, in honor of him. And, uh, and and I had a friend, um, uh, Jason Black, he calls himself the Black Authority. And he said, he said, unless y'all all run into the house of the people that killed him, then this is a complete waste of time. <laughs> so if you run into their house to go get them, then that makes sense. But if you just jogging in place, then who cares? That means nothing. And I agree. I don't, I don't participate in any of those marches, none of that stuff. Uh, and so I, I think that, you know, just in terms of the politics of it all, uh, I think that people are having a hard time knowing the difference between Flash and substance, you know. So I'll give you an example. Uh, Michelle Obama right now is everybody's talking a lot about Michelle Obama uh, because she has this new documentary out on Netflix. It's, it's called Becoming, and uh, and in the documentary, she <sighs> doesn't really say much. Uh, Y'all hit the links, man. I'm gonna do like Angry Man. Hit the links. Hit the uh, links. In terms of um, really, you know, empowered political statements on behalf of Black people, she kind of just tells her story. And she goes to hit a lot the of you know, these different the arenas and she's everybody else to, like, young girls saying it too. It's talking about kind of fluffy issues. For hit them. the likes up and hit the links. That's what we're supposed to say on YouTube. So do it. For the most part. And, uh, and and here's the thing. Here's what's interesting, though. I, I saw that, Michelle, uh, there was a big um, a big singing battle between two entertainers, two singers, uh, Erica Badu and Jill Scott, uh, on Instagram. And everybody went to go watch it because, you know, black folks love entertainment. And about 700,000 people were watching. Michelle Obama. Everybody likes entertainment, boys. It ain't just black. How come everybody says that about black people? Black people love entertainment as if nobody else watches this shit but us. You think it was just 700,000 black people watching uh, 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 Jill Scott and and Erica Badu? (laughs) Obama shows up and makes her presence known. Now, on Ahmaud Arbery and the killing of the black man, the um, I have not seen Michelle Obama say anything really about that, right? Uh, I, it, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe she did say something, but but it seems to me that uh, you have a lot of the leadership that uh, that doesn't really want to tackle the tough issues. They don't want to tackle anything that's controversial or anything that's substantive. I thought, why are y'all considering Michelle Obama a leader? I thought y'all said they weren't leaders to begin with. So why all of a sudden are y'all looking for them to be leaders now and speak up on stuff? Or relevant, you know, in terms of um, of, of, of strengthening the black community or, or supporting the, I mean, real support for the black community. Um, can you kind of speak to that a little bit in terms of why the leadership tends to go missing when the community needs them the most? Well, well, that, that, that fits in fine with white, the white folks' perception of the black folk. See, I don't, I don't like this BS narrative. It's, they, they, they consider Michelle Obama and all them other people to be lead, quote unquote leaders when they don't speak up on black issues. But you're a leader. Let Michelle Obama and them speak up on some black issues. And if they don't say something that they 100% agree with, all of a sudden they'll be like, you're not a leader. Why are you speaking for us? <laughs> That's that you. They hate you and despise you for a very specific reason. And black, it's no accident. It's no accident that you're the most hated, despised people in this country and on the earth. Oh, black Jesus. folks have not understood that yet. That's hard to get through their skull. Everybody hates y'all, man. We live in an episode of Everybody Hates Chris for real, according to them. That nobody gives a damn about black folk. They see you as a weak people, period. That's why you're carrying six to eight times your fair share of everything that's bad. Jesus, this is the most motivational part of the video, ain't it? Bad. 
and six or eight times everything's bad that comes down the road, it's going to stop at your front door, at a black person's front door. Not at a white person's front door, at your door. Because you're weak and you're hated and you're despised. You have no friends and no in, in, in this country. You never have had any major friends. You had one or two whites in the system. So why, why is he living here? Dr. Claude Anderson, why are you living here then? Dr. Claude, you got to be about 80-something years old, bro. You, you look about 80-something, late 70s, early 80s, lived a long, full life. How the hell did you make it to be 70, late 70s, early 80s, man? Why don't you move to Africa or some other place? I mean, I don't understand why y'all. Society, it's from the history you're making in this country to where you are now, that took up for black folk. One was John Brown, as an example. Nobody ever takes up for black folk. John Brown, the only white person to ever do something for black people. (laughs) Y'all know why they love John Brown so much, y'all? Because John Brown actually killed white people. That's it. That's the only reason. If John Brown had been out there trying to pass laws to get stuff changed, they 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 wouldn't be celebrating John Brown. But the fact that he actually killed people, that's why they celebrate him. Like, literally, that's it. Martin Luther King if Martin Luther King was so great. Look, where, look, look what he said about John Brown, and then look what he said about MLK. Nobody gives a damn about black folk. They see you as a weak people, period. That's why you're carrying six or eight times your fair share of everything that's bad, and six or eight times everything's bad that comes down the road is going to stop at your front door, at a black person's front door. Not at a white person's front door, it's your door. Because you're weak and you're hated and you're despised. You have no friends and no in, in, in this country. You never have had and the major friends. You had one or two whites in the society. It's from the history you're making in this country to where you are now that took up for black folk. One was John Brown, as an example. Nobody ever takes up for black folk. So I'm talking about with Martin Luther King. If Martin Luther King was so great, where are the white Martin Luther Kings? Where are the Indian Martin Luther Kings? Where are the Arab Martin Luther Kings in this country? Where are the Hispanic Martin Luther Kings in this country? I told y'all, if MLK was alive today, ladies and gentlemen, he would be considered the biggest coon to have ever lived by these very same people. I'm trying to tell you how it would go. I guess you only had one black man who was Martin Luther King that stood up and that and, and, and all about everybody talks about what a great man he was. If he was so damn great, where are the whites great? Where are they hiding? They're hiding the bushes? No, they ain't doing anything. Nobody. So Martin Luther King Jr. was out there talking on behalf of black people and actually got killed by a racist white person as in literally got killed by a racist for speaking up on behalf of black people, trying to get black people's civil rights, you know, or at least that portion of civil rights, et cetera, et cetera. And here this man over here talking about, if he was so great, where are all the white people? The Hispanic Martin Luther King Jr. is like, nigga, this nigga took a bullet for black people, B. As in literally. <laughs> As in literally put, lost his life at the age of 38 years old in, in, in Memphis, Tennessee. Like, what? Like, what are we talking about here? I cares about black folk. And white folk, as I said a few seconds ago, see you as being very weak, spineless people. And see, because you don't have a code of conduct, you don't stand up. That's why Michelle Obama's not gonna stand up for black folk. Her husband didn't stand up for black folk. He didn't, he didn't abide by a code of conduct. A code of conduct, white folk would respect. 
that says, I would, if you hit me, I'm going to hit you back. You mistreat me, I'm going to mistreat you back. You hate me, I'm going to hate you back. See, black folk always looking for love in the wrong places. They always want to love people and try to get along. That's why Michelle Obama would go out and talk about, about issues on some kind of documentary talking about women. Women are not the issue. Gender is not the issue. Trying to compare a gender with race is like trying to compare a, a headache with cancer. There's a difference. Yes, women might have their little minor problems as a, because of gender, but that is not, has nothing to do with racism. But all these black people are supposed to be leaders, in the, whether in the White House or with the White House, they don't do a damn thing to help black folk because they have no backbone. And white folks say, you got no code of conduct. We don't respect you. We respect Indians that would, who, we, who, we, who, we, who we came in and dominated and took the land from because they stood up. Indians would at least fight back. We tried to enslave a few Indians initially we came into the country. Indians said, we ain't going to take that. We'll fight back. You take our people and kidnap them and try to enslave them, we'll come get them at, at night. Nobody ever came to this country to get black folk. After 360 years of being enslaved, not one ship left Africa mm. coming to America to get black folk back. I agree with that. I agree with that part. And even when slavery ended, you had over five, had five million black folks still enslaved. And not one ship came from Africa to get them back. They weren't coming to get them back because they were selling them, man. <laughs> Why are they going to come try to retrieve something they sold? They sold black people, man. Of course, they weren't coming to get us. What are you talking about, man? I mean, I get what you're saying, but come on. Nobody stood up and tried to fight for black folk. And that's why, as I said, my mission on, on this earth is to stick up for the most hated, despised people on earth. The group that every gen. How does everybody know that we're the most hated and despised? Like, has anybody went around and took an official poll on this? Every ethnicity, every race, everybody has hated and mistreated and urinated on. Everybody's mistreated black folk. And you got all these profiling blacks with visibility always going to come out and pick some generic issue. We got, we got, we got to look out for minorities. Have you ever heard one of them? You tell me right now, and I'm quitting now. You tell me one instance where you heard a visible black in America come out and say, um, when they start talking about minorities, you say, what about the original minority? Up until um, to the end of slavery, you only had one minority. You only had one minority, Dr. Watkins. That was black people. Indians got out of the bag of being a minority. They were, they were christened to be whites. They were accepted to be whites by the last, in the 1800s. The only minority you had was black people, period. They are the original minority. So when you use the word minority, you all should be, you, you, these blacks in your audience should be, right, I want them to take note of this. And, and so they can call in on any radio station, TV station, say, look, Whenever you use that word minority, do not include black folk unless you put an, an adjective in front of it, saying the original minority. You're going to do something for minorities, you do it first. That's going to be the new catchphrase, y'all, the original minority. Don't be surprised if you start seeing all these people using that term. First for the original minority in the order of priority and, 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 and history. Original minority. And, uh, you, and don't put black folk in this thing of people of color. You had Obama sit up in the White House now with, with Attorney General Holder, <clears throat> and they talk about people of color. And when, 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 when the Attorney General back in 1862, when they started giving up free land to everybody, <clears throat> and, and blacks were getting some land, guess what? The Attorney General, like the one that said, white Attorney General said, black people 
do not qualify to be classified as people of color. That's a attorney general. Now, Michelle Obama, why didn't why didn't Eric Holder with her husband say, now that we are now that he's the attorney general, why didn't he come out and say black folk are entitled to reparations? Black folk are entitled to affirmative action. Black folk are entitled to set asides. They ought to be a unique minority, must be rectified. This is the year of reckoning on accountability in this country for race matters. This is a year of a reckoning. If black folk don't come out and come out now and say, hey, nobody's to be compared to black folk, there is no, listen now, Dr. Watkins, there is absolutely no constitutional ground for anybody to be, be subordinating blacks to gender, to, <clears throat> to ethnicity, to immigration, to being bullied, to women, to trans, to gays, or anybody else. Those groups have no constitutional grounds to be equated, to be made equal to black folk, to be made equal, or the worst of all, to get ahead of black folk. Black folks stand alone. They're the only group, only original minority in this country that has a constitutional ground to being honored, respected, and appreciated. Because it's humiliating and shooting and killing them down because they have no leadership and no leadership organization. And there's no connection between putting a black person in office and black folk getting benefit and recognition, respect, and appreciation for their history in this country. They won't do it. I don't give a damn if you're the wife or the ex-president. Nobody stands up for black folk. I stand up for them because I love them and I appreciate them. And I'm not only about to disrespect black folk in my presence or in my absence, either one, if I can help it. All right. Uh, everybody, uh, I'll speak with you. Oh, he mad. He pissed off, boy. Dr. Claude Anderson snapping over here. <laughs> Dr. Claude Anderson. Dr. Claude Anderson is the author of the books Powernomics, Black Labor, White Wealth, uh, the, the Black History Read. Shout out to Deborah. Thank you. All right. YouTube policy states. I have to remind y'all. Hit them damn links. <laughs> hit the like button hit the links. And Dirty Little Secrets 1 and 2. Uh, also, I want to make sure I say thank you to... Uh, uh, it looks like Michelle, M-I-C-H-A-E, and Kathy Dean, thank you for your donation. I appreciate that. Um, I didn't mention it at the time because um, I didn't want to interrupt Dr. Anderson while he was speaking. Uh, and, uh, and if you want to support the platform, you can do so at intelligentblackpeople.com. That's intelligentblackpeople.com. And also, if you want to check out Dr. Claude Anderson's books, uh, somebody type this in the chat. It's powernomics.com. That's powernomics.com. He has a whole library pack. Uh, with all five books and the DVD for just $99. I highly recommend it. Everybody should have it in their household. Uh, that is the economic Bible for black people. Buy his books before you buy my books uh, because I really, really want your family to be exposed to powernomics concepts so you can understand uh, how to make your own intelligent choices about what it is you want in life. I, we are not here to tell you what to do. We are here to inform you so that you can tell yourself what to do. I'm here to teach you how to fit. You're here to tell us what to do, boys. You're here to tell us to buy them books and think like you. I'm not here to, to uh, you know, pull fish out and hand them to you. Uh, so, uh, Dr. Anderson, let, let me. I do own his book, Powernomics, though. Um, let me. Well, let me just say this. You know, when, when I when I when I see uh, I, I watched uh, Michelle Obama's documentary and, and I'm, I'm real happy for her. she's making a lot of money. She's a real smart lady, real classy lady. And uh, as some people have claimed in the chat, I noticed that she did say something about uh, the young man that got killed uh, down south. I checked up and down her Twitter feed uh, while we were talking. I mean, I went down very, very carefully, and I was noticing that. There's nothing wrong with reading the books, Metadol. I'm a fan of reading, so I, I even own two books by Dr. Boyce Watkins. <laughs> so there's nothing wrong with owning books. 
just a matter of, you know, I read all kind of crap, though, but whatever. The themes of what she was discussing, I saw nothing about that, nothing at all. Uh, I saw things that were related to, um, uh, you know, girls in education, you know, uh, like, uh, you know, a little girl would tell a story and say, um, uh, they told me I could never get into Princeton like you, but I got in and Michelle would say, congratulations, you know, things like that. But, but, and, and I get that, right? I respect that. I think all that's great. Um, I have little girls in my house that I empower. We believe deeply in education. You know, my wife is a college professor, so we, you know, we get all of that. Um, I think that what is missing, though, is the willingness to get down and dirty with your people. You know, I think that what happens is a lot of times you get politicians that I think are um, either politicians or public figures. Oh, my goodness. Get to the point, boys. Figures and who, who really don't want to do the hard work required to truly be black. Like they, everybody, like they say, when they say everybody want to be black, y'all heard this before. Tell give me a yes or no in the chat. If you know what I'm talking about, what they say, everybody want to be black, except for when it's time to be black. And what the hell does that even mean? Everybody wants to be black, except for when it's time to be black. I understand what that means in reference to white people, but what the hell does that mean in reference to black people? This is more of this monolithic thinking as if you can only be black one way, according to how, pro-blacks believe you are to be black. And they, and they usually say that when they're talking about uh, what they call... I never read the art of Mackin. The uh, culture vultures or the um, the people that appropriate black culture, you know, the Kim Kardashian type people, you know, I don't, I don't know if you see much of the Kardashians, Dr. Anderson, but this is a whole family of women with big fake bubble lips and big fake booties and and they wear black women's hairstyles and they and they steal everything that makes black women beautiful. I hate this cultural appropriation argument. They still look. We don't live in a uh, what, what's this? What is it? Is it called a homogenous society where it's just all one group of people over here? Dude, we live in America where you might be living next door to some Asians, some Hispanics, some black people like you're going to see all these different cultures of people all over the damn time. Unless you live way the hell out in the boondocks some damn where. Guess what? The more you interact with people, the more you're going to pick up and borrow certain things from people. That's just the way it is. I don't agree with this whole this cultural appropriation argument is stupid as it directly relates to America. How do you not, quote unquote, culturally appropriate something when you live next door to somebody? You see them all the time. They're on your TV. They're on your magazine. They're in your music. They're your friends. You go to school with them. So what if you like braids in your hair and you're a white girl? What white girls can't wear braids? micros or whatever that like what are we talking about here it's stupid in reference to america we live around all types of different people and uh and and they go make a hundred million of you know half a billion dollars from it well you know the thing is that that cultural appropriation doesn't just happen with white people white people are not the only ones who culturally appropriate and steal black culture uh and use it for their own gain and give nothing back Black people do this what? probably as well as white people. Uh, rappers do this. Rappers steal black culture and rap about it and put it in their video, put it in their music, put it in their songs, and they make a bunch of money and then go move out in the suburbs. Pop Did you hear what this dude just said? Black people, rappers, black rappers steal black culture, make music about it, and then go move to the suburbs. <laughs> That's cultural. That's a that's a that's a new spin to cultural appropriation, y'all. Politicians like a Michelle Obama will tell her black story. Say, look at me. I got black skin. I'm a black woman. Look at my black family. Let me tell you about my black daddy. 
But when it really comes, and then she'll go. Couldn't that be applied to Tariq Nasheed? Wouldn't he be culturally appropriating in the same manner? He makes his movies, his YouTube videos, talking about black woe is me, and then he moves out to the suburbs with the white people. Wouldn't that be the same? Wouldn't that apply to, like, what, what is this guy talking about? Make $100 million from a Netflix uh, you know, deal. But then when it comes time to really do the dirty work of being black, you know what I mean? I'm talking about really uh, you know, work? being connected to the struggles that black people go through, the messy stuff, the dirty stuff, the stuff that's going to get you banned, the stuff that's going to get uh, white folks to not want to work with you anymore. What? They back away from that. You know, what is this stuff, man? What is this stuff he's talking about? What is the stuff that's going to get you banned and make white people not want to work for you? Is it stuff that says you got to hop up on your mic and say, white devil all day long, whitey this, white supremacy that, racism this. I guess, is that the dirty stuff he's talking about? Uh, and, and then I compare it, you know what I compare it to, Dr. Anderson? I compare it to like, tell me if y'all know what I'm talking about. You ever have like like a, a relative that grew up in a black neighborhood and then they got a nice job and they moved out to the suburbs and maybe they come back to grandma's house once a week you know, for, you know, you know, for, for Sunday dinner, but they stay away from the black neighborhood. They really don't want to be down there like that, you know, or they don't really want to touch the cousins and, and be around, you know, just be around the situations, the tough situations that, that come with being black or being poor. I, I can. Do you hear what you're saying, boys? You're saying you got this one relative who gets a good job, moves out. And then he comes back around to grandma's house, but he don't want to be connected to the struggle and the poor people out there, whatever, the struggle and the poverty. Uh, that's what everybody does, dude. When people move up financially, they get more money in their bank accounts. They have upward mobility. How many people with upward mobility, with good jobs, making a lot of money, do you think are going to stay in the community where the struggle and the poverty is? Hell, white people do the same thing. Take a white person from the trailer parks. They get some money. Chances are they're moving up out the trailer park. Everybody does it. Like, so what? You're not black. You're not down with black people. You're not for real, for real black. If if you only come back to the community to go over grandma's house for Sunday dinner because <laughs> you don't want to live out there. What is this nigga talking about, man? Boys, do you live out there in the community, boys? Where do you live at, boys? You live in Chicago somewhere. I imagine you stay in a nice area in Chicago. Are you on the south side or the west side where it's going down? Or do y'all think boys live in a nice suburb or in some fancy schmancy place in downtown Chicago somewhere, in a loft somewhere? I guarantee you boys ain't living out there in the trap where all them little mumble drill rappers are at shooting up the block. He can't. He go on too many damn marathon jogs. They ain't, they ain't having marathon jogs over there. What is he talking about? That, you know, because to me, when... When the you know to me your your measure of, of your blackness whatever that is I'm not a, a authority on this but to me the measure of blackness is are you really willing to get your hands dirty like are you really really willing to say things that are gonna make you know a hundred million people get mad at you for a minute you know are you willing to lose a, a fifty million dollar endorsement deal with 
this is all code for you got to go up there and just start pointing your finger and blaming white people all day long. Like, like that's, that's what it means to get your hands dirty and be black, black. That's, that's all he's saying. With, 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 with Kodak or whatever, or some company or Coca-Cola, because they don't want to be uh, associated with controversy. You know, that to me is, I think, the, the benchmark that we got to use when it comes to sort of measuring who's really elevating the community versus who's elevating themselves off the community. Because when you got all- So you only elevate your community when you get up on a platform and just point your fingers at white people all day. There ain't no other ways to elevate your community, y'all. You can't go out there and be a, and be a, a, a forward-thinking black man or woman, get your life right, get, maybe get married to one person, have a nuclear family, start you a nice business, get you a nice career, do something in law, do something in politics, do something in STEM. You know, go back and mentor some babies here and there if you can or whatever. No, you got to just you got to just blame white people. That's when you're really black, black. All that other crap. Nah, you ain't black unless you start blaming white people. All these folks that are elevating themselves off the back of the black community. You have two things happening. They're doing better and the community's doing worse. And everybody's kind of sucking the life out of the black community. They sucking all the money out. They sucking all the resources out. They sucking all the culture out and and they're, they're filling themselves up. And then the community is depleted. And it's, it's just the same way rich people in America have gutted the U S government. You know, when they got them to drop the taxes and stop taxing the rich and all this other stuff back during the Reagan years, you know, I'm talking about Dr. Anderson, all the rich people, they started sucking out the, you know, just resources. I wish he would stop doing this sucking thing. This is looking highly suspect. Out of the government, you know, these people claim to be patriots, right? But they're, they, they don't want to pay no taxes, but they want to get all the government benefits, all the corporate welfare, everything, sucking, you know, all the resources out. And then the government's sitting there under so much debt that eventually the government's going to go bankrupt. The black community is kind of like that, you know, giving everything to everybody and getting nothing back in return. And I just think it's time to implement a black tax. I really think it's time to implement a black tax and make sure people are actually paying that by challenging celebrities to say, what what investments are you made? I'd like to get your take on this because I think that you are right in the middle of this. This nigga say it's time to implement a black tax. Because you run a think tank. You know, to me, with your commitment to the black community, your think tank should have a, an annual budget of at least $20 million a year. Uh, and it should be because the celebrities and, and, and the community are supporting the think tank. But you you and I, you've, we've talked about this. The Harvest Institute and Powernomics Corporation do not get the support that they deserve because everybody wants to say, you know, talk about how great Dr. Anderson is and how great Powernomics is and and they want to come see you and talk to you and say, oh, I love what you're doing. But when it comes time to really do the work necessary to show that commitment, people aren't really showing up for that. And, and this isn't just for you. This is just for the community at large. Can you kind of speak to some of that? I, I said a whole lot. So I'm going to zip it up and let you talk now. No, well, Dr. Barker, see, you're, no, you're right on target. The question is, why would anybody, why would anybody who's got an ounce of brain who was able to successfully graduate from at least the third grade, why would they in a race-based society be trying to socially integrate? That's your real issue right there. What? Why social integration is a, is, a, is, a, is a detrimental impact 
on ex- on ex- these niggas, dude. Are you listening to what Dr. Claude Anderson saying? This nigga's telling, basically saying, we need to go back. This is crap. Like it's, it's impossible to undo un, undo this mess we're in. Specific group, you're you're being to dilute and water yourself down, weaken yourself in a society where the majority will win and rule, and a minority will lose and suffer. Why would you disintegrate yourself down even further? Why would anybody in their right mind try to socially integrate in a race-based society? If somebody has has, has subjected you to 300... Where else are you going to do? <laughs> this whole economy is integrated. Thanks, Especially thanks to the internet, you can't avoid other groups of people. If somebody has subjected you to 360 years of slavery and another 100 years of Jim Crow semi-slavery, and another 50 years of benign neglect, but they ignored you and continued to suffer and to use uh, uh, a doctrine of unequal exchange against you, why in the world would you be trying to social integrate? Why would you want to be trying to get accepted? Why would you, why would you want to move into their community? And why would, you want to, why would you dissipate your own community? Why would you destroy your own businesses? Why, why would you destroy your own school system? Why, why, would, you, why would you open yourself up to your culture. <clears throat> See, for- Wait, I thought the white people were destroying your communities and your school system. Now you're saying it's black people, Dr. Claude? I'm confused. For instance, in music, black folk, long we were segregated, people, the whites could not get into the black community to steal your culture. They were scared to come in. They couldn't do it successfully. Only when you socially integrated in the 50s and all of a sudden black folk have been a generator. Blacks have a genius, a talent for generating music and dance and culture and slang. Shout out to Stephanie for the $5 cash app. Thank you. Y'all hit them links. That's it. Angry man said, I got to tell y'all Negroes to hit the links. A talent. And see, it was protected during segregation. White folk did black folk a big, big favor by doing segregation. Whites could not come in. So whites could sit outside your community and, 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 and listen to your music. But when, but when you integrate it, all of a sudden, here comes, here comes Carl Perkins. Here comes Elvis Presley. They ran into your neighborhood. Here come the Beatles. They take your music and stuff away from you because they said, you that damn dumb to, 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 to open yourself up through social integration and let us come in and use what we call urban renewal and destroy everything you got in here and take it away on the, pro- on the process of doctrine of unequal exchange. You got to be stupid. What is he? What did he think was going to happen? Did, did, does Dr. Claude Anderson honestly think that black people were going to be able to make "quote unquote" black music, rhythm, R and B, rhythm and blues, and all that stuff, and it just be isolated strictly for black people? Like, like nobody else is going to hear this sound and be like, "Ooh, that sounds pretty cool." Now, is it messed up when Elvis and all of them came through and got credited for? creating this stuff and black people had to sit here and be like, no, we created, yeah, that all that crap is messed up. But it's almost like he's talking from the standpoint, if you had to never let Elvis come through or the Beatles come through, like, like none of this stuff, black people and white people would have, there, there would be no Justin Timberlake today. Like, like Justin Timberlake would be making strictly rock and roll music. Oh no, he can't even make that because remember that was started by black people too, you know, which it actually was, but you, you see what I'm saying? Like he's talking as if black people, black culture and white culture were never going to eventually merge and mix together. 
Like, like we were going to exist in America as two separate groups, as if we're living in two separate countries in the same in the same damn country where they never come to our spot. We never go to their spot. And that's just how it was going to be. Like, this doesn't even this is this is crazy lunacy talk, y'all. These Negroes are so obsessed with how things used to be back then. They, they just they just this is lunacy talk to think that. Black people and white people were never going to interact with one another. Like, this is crazy as hell. And why? So, why are you trying to do it? No outgroup any place on this earth, no outgroup any place on this earth would try to socially integrate, would try to socially integrate in a race based society except black folk. They want to be. Ex- How much y'all want to bet Dr. Claude Anderson lives in a predominantly white neighborhood, y'all? How much y'all want to bet? How much y'all want to bet he bet that per hundred thousand black folk? We had we had twenty times more businesses in nineteen twenty than we got now a hundred years later. Uh, what what uh, doctor? He said we got twenty times more businesses than we have a hundred years later. I've told y'all I've, I showed y'all the numbers. I showed y'all the numbers on how many black owned businesses exist in America. What what was it? I said it was like. It was, either, it was either a million or two million, but only 100,000 of those actually had employees. Now, I want to say it was a million black-owned businesses in America. So he said there was 20 times more. Did y'all hear this? In America, I did the video about three or four months ago. In America, there are at least one million black-owned businesses in America right now as we speak. Well, prior to coronavirus, I put it that way. Prior to coronavirus shutting down the economy, there were one million black-owned businesses. I did the video. I showed you guys the actual stats and numbers. Out of those one million black-owned businesses, 100,000 of them actually had employees, which means 1.9 million or or whatever, 900,000 or whatever. No, it was 2 million. My bad. Hold up. No, it was 2 million. 2 million black-owned businesses. Out of the 2 million black-owned businesses, 100,000 of them had actual employees. 1.9 million didn't have employees, which means that they just, they, they just started, they just created a job for themselves. They, they worked for themselves. He's saying 100 years ago, there were 20 times as many. So you mean to tell me there were 20 million businesses? No, no, that would, there would be 40 million businesses back in 1920. He said there were 20 times as many 100 years ago. Y'all heard it. Let me rewind it. Change. You got to be stupid. Not come in. So whites could sit outside your community and, 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 and listen to your music. But when, but when you integrate it, all of a sudden, here comes, here comes Carl Perkins. Here comes Elvis Presley. They ran into your neighborhood. Here come the Beatles. They take your music and stuff away from you because they say, if you're that damn dumb to, 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 to open yourself up through social integration and let us come in and use what we call urban renewal and destroy everything you got in here and take it away on the, pro- on the process of doctrine of unequal exchange, you got to be stupid. And why, so why are you trying to do it? No outgroup any place on this earth no outgroup any place on this earth would try to socially integrate, would try to socially integrate in a race-based society except black folk. They want to be accepted that, that badly. That's why we don't have anything. That's why in terms of businesses, that, that per 100,000 black folk, 
we had we had 20 times more businesses in 1920 than we got now 100 years later. He said we had 20 times more businesses in 1920 than we have in 2020. That would mean in 1920, there would have been 40 million black-owned businesses, ladies and gentlemen. Because we currently have 2 million right now. 2 million registered businesses on the books. Well, at least prior to Corona. But I did the video, I want to say back in January or February. 2 million black-owned businesses. 100,000 of them actually have employees. 1.9 million of them don't have employees. He's saying 100 years ago, we had 20 times that. 20 times that is what? That's 40 million. Who believes that there were 40 million black-owned businesses back in 1920? What was the population of black people back in 1920, y'all? Right now, we're only like 45 million, per, uh, uh, 45 million black people. So in 1920, you mean to tell me, let's just say we had 45 million black people in 1920. That would be damn near every black person in America owned a business. So if that's the case, how come in 1920 we had so many pe black people working as bellhops, working in white people's homes, cleaning up and taking care of their kids, shining shoes, you know, doing all these little goofy little jobs that they had to do? Remember, these are two PhDs, ladies and gentlemen, sitting in front of you. Both of these dudes have PhDs, one in finance. I don't know what Claude Anderson's is, is in. 20 times? That would mean 40 million black-owned businesses existed in 1920. That would be damn near the entire population of black people owned a business back then. If you listen to this. Uh, what? What, uh, well, Dr. Anson, let me hear that again. We got we had 20 times more businesses per 100,000 blacks in 1920 than we got in 2020. Yes. Because because when you, when you open yourself up, whites came in and stripped you of everything you had. They took your culture away. They took your businesses. They took your neighborhoods. They're going to gentrify them. They took all your buses, airline, everything you had. You had cab companies, bus companies, the best music, the best entertainment in the black neighborhoods. You ain't got did they really take this stuff, Dr. Claude Anderson? Did they really take it? Or did black people sell or did they get bought out? See, I hate this narrative that white people started a cab company and then they, and then the, then they came and took the black person's cab company or bus company. What more than likely happened? Either one business bought the other business out because one business was losing money. You know, they do this all the time, ladies and gentlemen. Businesses buy other businesses. Or another business just offered a better service that the other business couldn't compete with, and they went, and they went out of business. And I guess you're going to blame that strictly on integration, that they wanted to go ride in the white man's cab instead of the black man's cab. A cab is a cab at the end of the day. Now, did the white man's cab, did it have some Febreze sprayed in there? Did they, did they, did they offer them a bucket of chicken when they got in the back? I don't know. All I'm saying is there's a myriad of reasons. You can't just say they came and took it. No, that's more. No, I highly doubt they came through and took the business. More than likely, your business went out of business or you sold it or it got bought out. Got a damn thing now talking about social integration. And I haven't heard one black person stand up and say we didn't need no damn social integration. What you needed was economic integration.
Racism is economic. It has nothing to do with social. Nobody cares about your social. And you don't have a code of conduct. And you don't even have territory. And this is why I said this is a year of reckoning for black folk. If black folk don't get their act together, they are through in this country and on the earth. Black people are through if they listen to this video and run full steam ahead with it as if this is the God honest truth. Just because these two dudes have PhDs. I, I don't understand. Oh, Jesus. I don't understand how anybody who, who has a lick of common sense can sit here and listen to this video and be like, yeah, they're speaking the truth. They're taking everything from us. We need to go back to segregation and only practice economic integration. We need to, we need to live over here and do this and do that. Like, nigga, we don't live in that era. We live in a global economy, B. All our shit comes from China or Mexico. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, what is this dude talking about, man? These people are stuck in the past because they don't want to compete because they can't they can't figure out how to compete in the present. This, this is the whole pro-black mantra. They have they have failed to figure out how to compete in the present. So they want to. Imagine like we're still living in the past where segregation was forced for the most part, where you didn't have a choice, but to do be around other black people because it, it, that was the way of, that was law back then for the most part. You're through. It's coming. It's coming. There, there are groups right now all around the world going to say we're going to eliminate the, the consumers, the eaters. Thank you, Billy Afro. Billy Afro says biggest buyers of black music are white folks. So we don't integrate with the cultures and nothing. It ain't going to be so many black millionaires running around here. You think how you think most of these rappers and musicians make their money off of mostly white folks going to these concerts, man. You think black people just put on concerts for black people like they, they're going to have jam packed stadiums. Who y'all think go see Beyonce? You look at you go look at a Beyonce or a Michael Jackson concert. It is like 99% white people at these things. You think Beyonce will have as much money as she has or Jay-Z would have as much money as he has if it was if it was just nothing but stadiums packed with black people? Are you serious? They would be doing chitlin circuit stuff, man. You wouldn't be able to sell out the Madison Square Garden unless you had a whole bunch of white people up in there. And all people gonna survive are gonna be the producers. That's why everything is bad gonna come to the black community right now. That you we are the leading carriers of everything that's negative in, of all the people of all the prisoners of blacks. How in the hell can you have a thirteen percent black population and a fifty one percent incarceration? Third, <laughs> he says, how can you have a thirteen percent population and a fifty one percent black incarceration? The same way you can have a thirteen percent population and a 50% murder rate in the United States committed by that 13% population, Dr. Claude Anderson. Same numbers. Same numbers. 13% commit 50% of the homicides in this country, man. Like, what do, what do you... And nobody does anything about it. Well, that's the way it is. That ain't the way it is. That's because of your stupidity. You keep doing dumb stuff against yourself. Everybody else, we, we, we use the word community. We don't have any damn communities. You don't have a community, anybody can come in and rape you anytime they want to. All you got are neighborhoods. That's how they got your culture. That's how they got your music. 
That's how they took away your businesses. That's why they gentrifying your cities. What are you supposed to do? Just build walls up around there? Like, what is he talking about? Because you're out there trying to socially integrate. You haven't got one black community in the entire United States. Who here has who here has not benefited from social integration? Like, like, like who 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 has really suffered? Because you can go shop over here, you can go live over there, you can go to school over here. Who's really out there suffering from social integration, y'all? I don't know if one, I can't think of one black person whose life is just went to shit because of social integration. It's, that is an absolute disgrace. And I'm embarrassed and humiliated to even tell you that. Not one. Because you need to have three qualifiers to be called, called a community. And I wish black folk would stop the cease and desist and use the damn word community. Keep that out of black folks' mouths. Come on, we got a community. You ain't got no damn community. <laughs> all you got a, you got a, a, a neighborhoods. A neighborhood is where you eat and sleep. I kind of sort of agree with them on that point. That's all black folk have are neighborhoods. Those people you're talking about that grab your culture and run to the suburbs, they're leaving their, they're leaving their neighborhood trying to get to white folks' communities. They get into they get into those white communities. Nobody gives a damn about them out there. Why are they trying to get into the white folks communities, which is probably where you live at, Dr. Claude? Why? Because they have nicer amenities. They have access to better resources. It's just human nature. You're going to relocate. If you got the money to do it, you are going to relocate to where the best resources are available. If the black, the so-called black community had some of the best schools, some of the best neighborhoods with low crime rates, I guarantee it'd be a whole bunch of black people living out there with some white folks trying to move out there too. It ain't just about we want to live with the white folks. No, the biggest reason is people want to live where there is low crime, decent schools and access to resources. Nobody wants to live in a food desert. Nobody wants to live in a neighborhood where you got a bunch of niggas out there slanging and banging all day long. This is why you don't see niggas moving to the trailer park if it's just about wanting to be with white people. How come black people aren't moving to the trailer parks, Dr. Claude Anderson? They can easily move out the hood and go get a trailer park. Hell, it might be cheaper to live in a trailer park than it does to live in the hood. Trailer parks ain't that expensive. You just pan, you get your trailer, you get you a plot of land, you plug it up to the damn power thing, and you pay your monthly rent for that land that your, your trailer is sitting on. That's it. It's cheaper to live in the trailer park than it is the hood. So if it's all about just wanting to be around white people, how come niggas from the hood don't go to the trailer parks? Why? Because they don't want to be around a bunch of toothless meth heads and all that crazy crap they might be doing out there. Yeah. You're nothing but a head out there and no body. The body's still back in the damn neighborhood. And no white folk gonna respect anybody living in a, in a, in a, in a, in a integrated neighborhood. White folk got a quota system. A quota system. Saying anytime even blacks leave those neighborhoods and come to our communities, we will only accept somewhere between 5 and 6%. What? To make sure they stay a permanent minority. What is this? He just said they're only going to accept five to six. Where is he pulling this information from? 
Maybe only five to six percent can afford to move to these affluent neighborhoods because he's see he's talking about when black people move around white people. He's automatically thinking of affluent white people as if there isn't no in between between the hood and affluent white people as if there isn't like a a, a middle class white area or, you know, like like there isn't just different sections that you can move into. He's talking he's making it seem like. We get money, move out the hood. I'm moving into this spot in Orlando called Windermer where Tiger Woods used to have a house out there. Or this other spot called Dr. Phillips where the houses be like seven, dollars $800,000 to a $1 million. And there's a bunch of doctors and lawyers that live out there. He's acting like there isn't white communities or quote unquote white communities, mixed communities that where, where you can go get a house for a half a million dollars or cause where I live at. I live in a fairly you know mixed area of Orlando. A lot of black people over here now directly in my community. You know, it ain't a whole bunch of us in this community, but you go outside my community to the next neighborhood over. It's a bunch of black people over there. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, but none of us, to my knowledge, are extravagant millionaires who should be living out there down the street from Shaquille O'Neal's old house. It's, it's, It's almost like they're just talking about going from extremely broke to extremely rich like as if there is no in between there's never any gray area with these people because if it's all about just being around white people niggas could go buy trailer parks and go buy, go go move into the trailer parks man it is more than likely cheaper to live in the trailer park than it is in the hood if you want to be around white people so bad they were the original minority in this country they're going to stay a minority in this country we're scared of them when we shoot one down we're shooting them down because we don't have any respect for them or appreciation for them. And we're going to do anything we can to humiliate them. That's why there's a whole big gay movement in the country right now to, again, to further diminish black people, especially black men in the country, by, by imposing gayness on them. And, and, because, again, that's a humiliation of the black man because he's an endangered species. Going to go after gayness. Go, 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 go to the Middle East. They say the black man is an endangered species. Yeah. The FBI crime stats prove that. <laughs> the FBI homis- 2008 crime, homicide crime stats shows exactly why the black male is an endangered species. And it ain't because of some gayness. Let's keep it a buck, Dr. Claude. They were the first person started neutering black people. folk, black men, making them into, into watchmen and bodyguards in the Arab nations. They could neuter them and, and castrate them so they could not have indulged sex with, the, with Arab women. <clears throat> and that, that's where the whole gayness started, started. started in the Middle East. Then the Catholics picked it up. That's why the Catholics right now are still trying to castrate young boys and committing homosexual acts. They're going, to, they're going to induce all this stuff into humiliate the black man, to diminish the black man. They're going to, and the people. And we got cops to worry about. We got redneck Billy Bob white people to worry about. And now we got to worry about gay folks coming out here trying to flip us all. Oh, Jesus. It's rough out there. That's why I'm glad I'm biracial. I ain't got to worry about these problems. <laughs> Remember, I'm kicked out the community. You get shot down. In most cases, going to be a damn black man. To weaken him, there's no code of conduct for black folk. You can't have a code of conduct if you haven't got a community. To have a community, you must have Watkins. You must first have a wholly independent economy. 
that would provide jobs, businesses, products, services, goods, and a tax base for your own people on your own land, your own property. Where is We got to have our own land, y'all. Is that in the United States? You tell me, is that in California or is it in Florida or is it in New York? Where have you got it? Where you got a, where, where's that black economy? You haven't got it. How in the hell are you going to participate in the in, in, a, in, a, in a competitive society, you don't even have an economy. That first thing we have is a whole... These niggas is talking like this is 1920, bruh. They really want to go back to Tulsa, Oklahoma, <laughs> where Negroes was forced to do business and live around other black people because that was the law or the culture back then. Like It was just expected. This is what it is. They refused to, they refused to get with the times. They're like, yo, we don't live in that era anymore. We live in the age of the internet. Where I can just go on the internet and buy whatever the hell I feel like it and have whoever deliver it to my house. I can pretty much live wherever I can afford to live. And then I go shop in and around the, the, the stores in and around my area, whether they're white owned, black owned, as long as they provide a good quality service. These niggas really want to go back to Tulsa, Oklahoma, where it's just there's black people all over the place. Shoemakers, this, that, and the third. It's like, but dude, there's already two million black owned businesses out there now. You can do all this stuff. Only oh. independent economy. And secondly, on top of that, you must have a code of conduct oh, on that same land, on that land that you that you said, this my property. Just like Frenchtown, Germantown, Frenchtown, Poletown, Hockeytown, Little Mexico, uh, Greek towns, and Aratown. They got they got codes of conduct in all these little places. I've been to a few so-called Chinatowns in various cities before. I don't recall any so-called code of conduct. I just go into the store because I like Chinese food, go in there and buy my food and go about my business. You know what I'm saying? It's like, just like everybody else. It ain't like there's these, like, like you come up to Chinatown and there's like this gate with the, with the rules and there's some gatekeeper standing out there saying, before you come in here, you must put down your weapons. You must bow down and, and these are the rules for entering Chinatown. Even though Chinatown is part of New York City or Atlanta or whatever damn city you live in. Like, what are you talking about? They don't have their own set rules. Chinatown, Mexico Town, all these other so-called towns are just a bunch of places in a city that a bunch of people who share a similar background have decided to open up businesses in. They may have bought up a plaza that a bunch of Mexicans own this plaza or operate a business out of this plaza. That's all it is. It ain't like it's an actual town with, with their own governing body and their own police force. No, you can walk up in there all damn day if you want to and make a purchase just like anybody else. If you want to move out there, you can move out there too like anybody else. And if they discriminate against you, guess what? You can sue their asses. Like these people are just living in. What, what do they think this is, man? They think this is the Game of Thrones or something? This ain't the Game of Thrones, man. This ain't the Game of Negroes. Mexico town, Asian town, whatever town. Ain't a town, man. It's just a strip. Nine times out of ten, just a bunch of corner stores and strip plazas that, that, arcade, that, that predominantly have a bunch of Asians, Mexicans who set up a store in there. You can still go in there and do business if you want to. Or you don't have to if you don't want to. Asian town, Polish town, you must have land. 
You must have a code of conduct that says, this is what we're going to do on this land. We're going to look out for each other. We're going to protect each other. We're going to buy from each other. And nobody going to come in here with two and a pickup truck and chase a black man down the street and shoot him down in the street and get away with it. You have no code of conduct. You don't have a damn community. Then the last thing you said, third thing you must have, you must have elected officials. So what is black? What is Blackistan, Blacktown going to look like? We're going to have we're going to have some some Negroes. We're going to put some gates up. We have some lookouts on the roof holding AR-15s with binoculars, watching who gets to come in and out of Blacktown. Asking you what your business is. White people come up. I just want to give me some soul food. I heard y'all got some good, some fried, some good chicken up in there. Can I get some soul food? You know, white people eat soul food too. <laughs> so, I mean, what are you going to do? You know what I'm saying? You're going to, this is madness these people are talking about. That will represent and speak for you first and foremostly. Show me uh, where you got some black politicians. The first thing they speak for is for black folk and protect black folk. As soon as any black person runs for office, first thing I do is tell me, I'm going to get a run. I'm going to run for office. Black folk protect black folk. Let's go back to these crime stats, Dr. Claude Anderson. It don't look like niggas is really out there doing a whole lot of protecting. 2,600 black people lost their lives to the hands of another black person in 2018. But you worried about protecting black? You need to be protecting black people from other black people, Negro. Go to Koreatown in Manhattan. I guarantee I go to Koreatown in Manhattan. I can just go in any damn store I want and, and, and buy whatever product I want. But guess what? They still reside in the city of New York. New York is a city in the state of New York. And New York State is a state in the United States of America. Ain't no laws. Ain't no, ain't no rule up there saying if you black, you got to be outside of Koreatown by five o'clock. And if I'm not, all of a sudden, a bunch of ninjas are just going to fall, repel from the sky with their Sumerai blades and start fucking me up. What y'all talking about? Office so I, can, so I can represent everybody, take care of everybody. You need to keep your ass at home. Don't run for an office. Stay home. We don't need any more blacks in politics. They're not going to represent the black people. You say they own New York City. What does that mean? That don't mean I can't go in there and spend money if I want or anybody else. Like, like there is no rule saying you can't go to Koreatown. You can go any damn where you want, especially if it's on a public street. Is Koreatown in a private area of Manhattan that's not on a public street? If not, then you can go. What are y'all talking about? Don't waste still. Well, well, we, we got Biden. He's gonna pick a black woman. We don't need a black woman. We need a black man that's strong enough to look out first and foremost for black people and the black communities. Where? Show me, show me the record before, before you vote for somebody. Show me their accomplishment on paper, what they've done specifically and tangibly for black folk that can be measured and taken to a bank. So I'm, I'm sick and tired of black folk misusing the words. Talk about we got a community. You don't have no damn community. All you got are neighborhoods. And neighborhoods where you can go in and dump trash, you can dump drugs, you can dump anything you want, dump prostitution into it. People can come and go. You don't like being stared at, just stop staring at people. 
or just go shop in Blacktown. Go 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 to go to Harlem. Stay up in that way. Harlem is getting wider and wider. So you just need to go to Harlem. You haven't got a Chinatown. You haven't got a Mexican town. Little Hialeah, Korea town. You don't have anything about y'all like that, man. But a wide open piece of that run over by rundown buildings. No businesses. No hospitals. No clinics. No grocery stores. No supermarkets. No professional climate. Nothing. And why is that, Doctor Claude? No. Why is that, Dr. Claude? You hear he said we ain't got no clinics, no grocery stores, no this, no that. Why is that, Dr. Claude Anderson? Is that because of the white man or is that because we have a culture of black people who don't believe in doing that crap? All that stuff you just named, Dr. Claude Anderson, is the so-called boring stuff. This is the boring stuff that doesn't get a lot of shine, doesn't get your street cred. Nobody's running around. Big Booty Brenda ain't running around here trying to throw that ass at Earl, who owns the local grocery store. (laughs) Even though Earl might have a bank account full of money, but being that he's the grocery store guy, Big Booty Brenda ain't trying to give him no play. That stuff you named, Dr. Claude Anderson, is not celebrated in the black community. You are looked at as a lame for doing that. Or people are coming in and try to try to get the hookup or just they won't take your business seriously because they know you're black. That's why. Be honest. Don't just sit here and try to blame it on white people. No, there is an entire group of people who don't place value in that stuff. Especially if it comes from another black person. We should be done. This is a year of reckoning. Either black come out and say we, we must hold the entire society accountable from this day, this year in voting. Don't tell me voting for Biden or Trump right now. Neither one ain't worth a damn for black folk. Neither one gonna stand up for black folk and say here's what we're gonna do specifically and solely for black folk. Don't waste your time voting. People say, Doctor Anderson, then you're suppressing the black vote. Hell no, I can't suppress the black vote. I want to express, EX, express the black vote. Mm. Strictly solely for black folk to get benefits. That is the nature of politics. It started in the 1500s. Politics is a, came out of the word political, or it was a French word saying, based on quid pro quo, something for something. One hand washes the other. You take care of me, I take care of you. You vote for me and put me in office, I will vote for you and take care of you. Hmm. And so nobody practiced quid pro quo for black folk. And so right now, Trump, I don't want, I'm not going to vote for any candidate in the future unless he shows me in very specific contractual terms. Here's what you're going to do specifically so for black folk. I don't give a damn what you're going to do. You know, I hate this argument as well. I'm not going to vote for anybody unless they're doing something for black folks. Tangibles 2020. You know why I hate this argument? Because nobody ever outlines exactly what do you want done for black people? Like, what do you want? I've yet to hear somebody express in a clear, concise manner other than we want reparations, other than reparations, which, you know, you're more than likely not going to get. What else do you want? I already explained how this whole reparations thing is going to work. Reparations is not a black issue. It is an American issue. Because how, how is reparations going to get funded? It's going to get funded through tax dollars. You know, the same way they pulled out this magical trillion something dollars for this past stimulus they just gave us. Where do you think that money came from? Y'all thought they just went out 
to D.C. and planted a bunch of trees real quick? Or they cut the machines on and started printing $100 bills out of thin air? No, this was money that was already sitting in the tax reserves, in the reserves from all these taxes they've been collecting. You know, every time you drive through a toll booth, every time you make a, every time you go to the store and buy a swisher sweet, you got to pay a tax on that. All this stuff gets added up, man, and put into a damn bucket somewhere. But guess what? That bucket is going to be the same bucket they're going to have to pull reparations from. But here's the problem with that, because people are like, well, they managed to do it. Why don't they just give us reparations? Well, you're going to have to go out there and convince a bunch of white people that you deserve, that only you deserve to be able to pull stuff from that bucket. You're going to have to go out there and convince 75% of the population that only 13% of the population, probably less than that, if you subtract the Africans and the Caribbeans. So let's just knock it down to about an even 10. Uh, let's just say 10%. You got to convince 75% of the population that only 10% of the population deserves to be pulling money out this damn bucket. That even though 75% put money into that bucket along with everybody else. How are you going to make that argument for reparations? When everybody got a check from stimulus, they didn't say only white people can get it and only black people can get it. Only age, everybody got a stimulus check that qualified for one. You're talking about just giving a bunch of tax money that everybody pays into, but you only want to divvy that out to a small select group of black people in this day and age. How are you going to sell that argument? So getting back to the what you're going to do for black people, y'all need to come up with something else besides just this reparations thing. And I never hear anybody else put anything else on the table. Nobody. So they all. So they just give this. Well, you ain't going to do nothing. No tangibles. No 2020. Uh, no, 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 no vote. Lay out the plan. What, what do you what do you want besides reparations? Like, what else do you want? Nobody ever explains it. Like, I've legit not heard anybody else explain it. Has anybody heard anything from Boyce, Tariq, Jason Black, uh, uh, Yvette and Tone Talks? Nobody else explains what the black agenda is and what we should get other than reparations. But I just told you how it's going to work. Everybody's putting money into a bucket and then you're honestly going to sit. You got to sit here and try to figure out how to convince 75% of the population or more or 85%. Hell, let's just say nine. No, you got to convince 90% of the U.S. population. And let's just say ADOS black people make up 10% of the population. That means you're going to have to convince 90% of the tax paying American population that only 10% people can dip their hands into this bucket to get Upwards of like a trillion dollars. Make that one make sense, y'all. How you going to sell that idea? <laughs> no, reparations won't be printed through the Federal Reserve. That'll cause all kind of inflation, artificial inflation and all that crap, man. Do you I'm know anything about basic economics? You start printing money like that, you cause artificial inflation to happen. What money was not printed out of thin air, Spear? That money was already collected, sitting in a damn bucket. Do you know how much money they collect on taxes every day in this country? 
Every time you go to the store and make a purchase and you got to pay a state tax or a county tax, whatever. How many purchases do people make every single day? How many times do you drive through a toll booth? How many, like, you, you people don't, do you understand anything? Where do you think this money comes from? No, it's not printed out of thin air, idiot. The poor folk of people of color, short leg, one leg, no head, bald head, one eye, crippled, dumb, humpbacks, and midgets. I don't give a damn about that. What are you going to do for black folk for my vote? You ain't going to do a damn thing? You keep right on going. You all need to call every one of them to your neighborhood. Biden said, tell Biden you're going to vote for him. So Biden said, vote. If you're going to vote for Biden, I'll vote for you, Biden. We'll vote as a block. But here's what you better do for some black folk. You better go back and correct all those things they should have corrected during the civil rights movement. You should have corrected the legacies of slavery that were imposed on black folk. We were stripped of everything. No, it wasn't printed out of thin air, dummy. First of all, do you know how much money it would cost to print brand new money? Like, like that shit is free. <laughs> you gotta, you know how much it's gonna cost to get the paper, to get the ink, how much it's gonna cost in electricity to run the machines, how much they gotta pay salaries. And what the hell are you talking about, man? That's the, they don't just turn these machines on and decide we's gonna print a trillion dollars today. As if that stuff doesn't have to be paid for somehow. You know what the hell? This is, oh Jesus! I don't even want to get started on this. This is why black society is in such delusion right now. They literally think you just go in there, hit a button, turn the machine on, and they start printing money as if there is no financial accounting attached to that money. It costs money to literally print money, idiot. Where are all these trees coming from? Where they got to convert the trees into special paper? Where's the ink coming from? All that stuff has money. They don't, just, they don't just have buckets of trees and buckets of ink just laying around waiting for somebody to come in and hit the button to print a trillion dollars. That stuff costs money. It costs money to make money in the literal sense. And guess what? When you collect taxes every day, do you know how much money the U.S. government collects in taxes per day? Probably hundreds of millions of dollars per day, bro. Think about all the transactions we make on the internet that get taxed. All the money you spend at the local corner store. Every time you go to McDonald's, Burger King, the grocery store, et cetera, et cetera. You're paying a tax on that money. All, a lot of that money gets thrown into a damn bucket. A quote unquote bucket. To be divvied out certain places. But you don't know what you're talking about. You're just another nigga running your mouth on YouTube, <laughs> which you're part of the problem. Now, I'm slow. I'm slow, but you literally believe they just, they just go in there and turn and hit the button and make money as if it's just free. If that was the case, we'd all be rich. We'd all be, we, we, there wouldn't be no poverty in America if it was just that simple, just to go in there, and hit a button, let the money machine run, print some new $100 bills. We can just be passing out money right now. We, we be chilling. Everything. Everything. Couldn't even get 40 good. acres of the mule. Couldn't get a damn. Haven't got a pot to urinate in the winter. Throw it out of. It wouldn't be no need to collect taxes, Spear. If it was just that simple, why are we paying income taxes? Why do we pay taxes on every purchase? If all they got to do is just hit the damn button, 
They all they got to do is go in there and hit the button, ladies and gentlemen. Why in the hell are we paying taxes? They want to fund these crazy wars. Go hit the button. Make some more money. They want to they wanna do this. They want to do that. Why raise taxes? Just go hit the button. Make some more money and pay for it. That's all you got to do. Make more money. Everybody wants free universal health care with Obama. Why did Obama try to raise our taxes for universal health care? Obama could have went down to the Mint up in D.C. and just told them niggas to hit the button and pay for it that way. That's all they could have did. <laughs> we shouldn't be paying taxes if you just go in there and hit the button and print money out of thin air. You're still carrying six to 18 times out, out. Everything is bad. That's why this virus right now is going to kill off black folk. We're going to kill off six blacks. One white person dies from the virus, six, somewhere around six to eight blacks going to die. You start talking about homicides, 67% of all the homicides committed against black people. I'm sick and tired, personally, of the jagged leg, water leg, weak leg, black paper talking about their politicians, getting on TV, trying to represent everybody except their own people. Mm. I quit there because you got me preaching now. <laughs> well, that's all right. Everybody's listening. Uh, I, I hope you all are enjoying what, what you're hearing from Dr. Anderson. Uh, say something in the chat. Let him know how much you appreciate uh, what he's saying, uh, what he's bringing to us, because he doesn't have to do this. And uh, also, um, you're listening to Dr. Claude Anderson. In case you're new here, uh, he, his book is Power. His most famous book is Powernomics. He's written some other books, Black Labor, White Wealth, The Dirty Little Secrets 1 and 2, and The Black History Reader. His website, where all his books are located, is powernomics.com. That's powernomics.com. Uh, so go there and check it out. He has a whole library pack you can get it for your kids. It's a great gift for your family. Um, I highly suggest it. Uh, and I, I really suggest buying a lot. If, if you're really into it, like you're really bad about it, what you might want to do is just buy a, a Oh, that's right, Black History Reader. That's one of them. I got that one right there. Um, you know, buy, buy some. Yeah, Spear. Go to, go to Washington, D.C. and tell them to hit the button and print them damn reparations. That's all. This is all it takes is to hit the button and print the money. Tell them to go hit that button. It ain't costing them nothing. They just got to hit the button. Get your little sign out and put on it. Hit the button. That's all you got to do. Hit the button. Hit the button. Hit the button 2020 stack of them and just give them away to stupid people in your family, you know, give away as Christmas gifts. Seriously, a lot of y'all, I mean, I don't know how many of y'all got ignorant relatives. I got my share. I got a few. And I think it would actually be real cool for those of y'all in there. They, they got a little extra, you know, money sitting around that you, you might want to invest in. How come everybody's stupid in Boyce's family, but Boyce? <laughs> yeah. I wonder if, I wonder if Boyce's family members talk about him the way he talk about them. <laughs> something you know that you want to do for yourself because y'all know boys claims to be related to t-boz did y'all know that boy says t-boz's grandfather and boys's grandfather are brothers which would make them like i don't know second third or fourth cousins i wonder if t-boz knows about boys and t-boz sits around here talking about boys the in the same way boys be over here talking about his other family your family well you know give the gift of knowledge go buy a bunch of copies of powernomics Stack them in your house when people come through, you know, say, here, check this out, uh, because I, I really think that we have to be very deliberate. And uh, I think as a community, very intentional about, um, you know, about really making sure that we are. Thank you for your two dollars. I'm not going to watch a 60 minutes interview are pushing our gospel of empowerment that we really are deliberate, you know, in, in all of this, you know, it, that means everybody in here that's watching, I'm really personally asking you directly to at least, at least take this link of this video and put it on your social media. Let people know what you're talking about, wear your blackness on your shirt. 
Seriously, that's what I do. I, and I'm not just talking. I, I I walk it as I talk it. I carry this with me. You can't know me and not know that I'm black. You know, I. What? Boys, we can just look at you and tell that you're black. Like. What are you talking about? I scare, I scare half the white people in my neighborhood. <laughs> y'all, who, who believes boy scares half the white people in his neighborhood? Your blackness on your shirt. Seriously, that's what I do. I, and I'm not just talking. I, I I walk it as I talk it. I carry this with me. You can't know me and not know that I'm black. You know, I scare I scare half the white people in my neighborhood. Who? Oh, so listen, 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 listen. Boyce just admitted he lives around a bunch of white people. Remember, I asked the question earlier. Do y'all think Boyce live out there on in the in the hood, south side, west side of Chicago? He just admitted that he lives around a bunch of white people. Now, who honestly believes Boyce out there scaring white people, y'all? Who honestly believes that when boys come out the house, that white people be clutching their pearls and clutching their purses, trying to get across the street and run from him? Ain't nobody scared. This ain't no scary looking dude, man. Who's scared of Boyce, y'all? White people just probably look at him like, ah, that's that crazy Negro who be on YouTube all the time. Always talking about black this, black that, but he lives in the same apartment building with us white people. <laughs> but y'all heard him. He just admitted half my neighbors, half my white neighbors are, are scared. So you, you must live around a bunch of white people. But earlier in the video, you was talking about how if you got those bougie family members that move out the community and only come back to the black community to go to grandmama's house for Sunday dinner. <laughs> Boys, how come you ain't on the south side or the west side of Chicago? Where it's happening out there. You shouldn't even have to worry about whether or not you scare white people. Because you should just be walking out your house seeing nothing but niggas everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but they but they understand that if they if, if they want to be my friend, they're going to have to adjust to me. I'm not adjusting to them. So make the world adjust to you. Don't adjust to them. Don't bend to them. And you got to be extra strong because you're the talented 10th. You are the talented 10th. You're the few that are going to lead the many. You, your children are going to be the, the CEOs of the next generation, the millionaires that are going to create jobs, you know, you know, the, the leaders of the community. So you're going to have to be twice as strong, which means that there has to be for every one of you, you got to be, you're going to be stronger than 20 of them. You know, for every one of you, there's 20 of them. For every one intelligent, conscientious, forward-thinking black person that understands their power, that is committed to blackness, there's going to be 20 Negroes who don't know who the hell they are. And I'm going to tell you, if you are clear about who you are and what you... Man, y'all get mad at me when I say this crap. I told y'all, these niggas say this, these niggas talk down on y'all more than the coons do. You just said for every one smart black person is pretty much 20 of you dumb niggas out there. <laughs> I don't really too much disagree with that, but I'm just saying y'all hate it when I say it, but y'all, y'all, they, they in the comments talking about B1 preacher doc. And then I'm like, wait a second, but y'all get, y'all call me a coon when I say it. Okay. You believe in those weak minded, flimsy, flip flop, jello brain Negroes hit will the all start lining up and following you. Why? Well, because they don't know which way is up. They just tend to follow anything that looks like it's powerful, anything that look like, looks like it's clear. So be powerful, be clear, be intentional about who you are. He just said black people are a bunch of blind sheep, man. That's what he just said. Y'all just follow whatever looks powerful. Y'all can't think for yourself. <laughs>
There's a pro-black saying it's about black people, y'all. He just said y'all are some idiots who, who just follow the crowd. And only 10% of y'all are smart and then 90% of y'all are a bunch of idiots. <laughs> now buy my now sign up for my classes. Y'all heard him. This is what he just said. Watch the words that are coming out of my mouth. Watch the actions of my body language as I tell you this, because I'm one of those people. If you're not sure what to do, just do what I'm doing right now with you and be clear about who the hell you are. And don't be ashamed of it. Don't apologize for it. And if you carry yourself like that through life, I promise you, people are going to get in line behind that. People are going to either, either they either they go. So because you, you don't run around here blaming and pointing your fingers at white people, I guess you're not proud of who you are. Like Boyce has made his entire life's mission to play the woe is me game. So if you're not a, if you're a black person who's not playing the woe is me game because you own up to your deficiencies and you realize that we're not living in 1820 or 1920, then I guess you're not you're not a proud black person. <laughs> you don't know who you are. You're the lost. Gonna get in line, or they're gonna get the hell. Excuse me, they're gonna get the hell out the way. I was about to say get the fuck out the way, but I'm not gonna cuss because Dr. Anderson's here. But y'all get the point. <laughs> there you go. All right, Dr. Anderson, you know what? I want to ask you about this. Could you let, let, before you, before you uh, leave, go, go ahead? Go ahead. See, and in, in this book, the Black History Reader, 100, uh, 101 questions that you never thought to ask on page 150. Uh, the question you asked me initially, question 49, you know what it's about. It says, why is it that the pattern of black men killed by white men or white law enforcement personnel so acceptable and extensive in our society? That's, not, that's, that's number 49 to answer your question. Like, Dude, that is a lie, Dr. Claude Anderson. I showed you the numbers. The number, I showed you the numbers. Black people are not being killed like that. There. Right there. This, this book right now uh, answers most of the questions that black folk are asking every day. Their friends are walking around in the blind, not understanding. And uh, that's why I say this is a year of reckoning. The black folk had that just reading that book alone, walking to and, and confronting every so-called visible black in the country. All these blacks running around playing with balls, dancing, singing. That they were to ask him that this what they should be reading this book and chastising, saying this is a year for black folk. We're through every year. Every year somebody says we're through. <laughs> For the last 10 years, since I've been paying attention to YouTube in some manner, man, we've been, we've been finished every year. Your producers in this country, they were the engines that drove the economic development of this country. Black folk are the ones who cleared the land. Black folk are the most patriotic people. Black folk are the base of the most of the culture in this country. Black folk are the only people that's been excluded. And constant. How do you know black people are the most patriotic? Like, how do you measure that? How do you how do you measure that? Constitutionally, been have been over overrun by immigrants coming into the country, starting with the 1790 immigration law. Black folk have been buried beneath this country now for almost 400 years. Everybody's gotten something out of this country and benefits except black folk. And those people are doing all the shooting. These so black people ain't got no kind of benefits out of this country. Like none. You ain't got no benefits whatsoever. Nigga, you walking around here. We looking at two dudes with PhDs in front of your screen, y'all. Two dudes who hold PhDs. 
One dude, they both own their own businesses. They sell their own products. It's over 2 million black-owned businesses in America right now. Well, prior to Corona. What the hell are they talking about? You ain't got no benefits. You can pretty much go wherever you want to go in this country. As long as you got the money, <laughs> you can pretty much go there. Like, like, what can't y'all do? You got access to the internet. You got to learn all kind of shit on the internet. What, what, what are we talking about? These redneck conservatives, they do that because they have no respect for you. You can no. own guns if you're legally allowed to own guns in this country. Appreciation for you. Those are none. My books are not in there saying these are the things that black folk have done. My dirty little secrets books are not in the white schools. Not even in the black schools, because black folk don't demand a damn thing. All they do is march and beg. That's why white folks says your people, Dr. Anderson, are weak people. We don't respect them because they're weak. All they do is walk, march, and beg. <laughs> and they never demand a damn thing. When a, when a person going to run for an office, they should be demanding right now. If Trump, if I'm going to vote for Trump, you should be demanding Trump to do these kind of things right now in preparation for re-election. If you're going to vote for Biden, you should be demanding that these are things that Biden commit himself to right now. And that is regenerating some wealth and resources into the black community. Point one. Point two, being, having black folk proclaimed to be a protected people. And yet now over in Virginia, the next state, over, guess what they're already doing now? Trying to put gays into a protected class. There's no constitutional ground for having gays put into a protected class. You should be putting these descendants of slaves into a protected class. So I get irritated. We got a protected class for what? I mean, I don't understand. I mean, I agree with them on the, the gay thing. Like, I think that's bogus too. But what would black people need to be put into a protected class for? Like, what would that actually mean? Like, if anybody that's not black does something onto a black person, it's, it's an automatic hate crime or something? Like, how does this work? about our people ignorance and not standing up for themselves and demanding and protecting themselves and saying, this is our community and rebuilding these communities. And once you rebuild, once you get that turf saying, these are our grounds, then you build your own economy, build your own industries and your own businesses and start providing goods and service for your own people. Then over that, you put a sense of community that will protect all your institutions and your culture and your history. So that Elvis Presley's and the rest of them can't walk in there and take things away from you take your music away that's why every day i'm banned now this is does dr claw anderson not know where we live we don't live in a country in africa in a homogenous society man we live in a country where you are literally where 75 percent of it's white and then everybody else makes up the rest all to you all the way down to the last 13 percent of black people and like I said, you subtract the Africans and the Caribbeans, we're braised. It's probably like 10% quote-unquote original minorities, black people in this country. But you're going to honestly sit here and pretend like you're going to just create this homogenous society when you only make up 10% and we live all over the damn place, everywhere from Cali to New York to Florida, Texas, uh, Washington, all in between. 
even though most of us are probably in the South somewhere. But what is this guy talking about? You can't do that in this era, man. You can't create your own little dude. This is virtually impossible to operate like that. I got a black person in the background or I got black women back to singing harmony in the back. That's called, it's called a doctrine of unequal exchange. We take from black folk and give them nothing. I've been on this thing for two hours. That's what that's you get. Nothing. Nobody right. gives you anything. They or people say, well, we don't want a handout. Yes, you do need handouts. You need, need everything that every white person in the United States came here as a freeloader. Every white person came from you or came to America. didn't come here looking for no damn religious freedom. He didn't land looking for no rights and opportunity. He came here to get free, get something free. What? Free land and free black labor. Every white, everyone knows in these southern states right now, Texas, Alabama, Mississippi, Georgia, is looking down and urinating on black folk. They came here to freeload, to get free resources, then turn around saying, well, we, we're better than you black folk because y'all don't have anything. No, we don't because you stole everything, took it from them. Mm. You, came here, you came here as Europeans. Now the Asians are coming in to freeload. They're coming to this country now to get everything they can get. Look, some of that stuff is true about the whole, quote unquote, freeloading and stealing. Some of that stuff is true. But, dude, in this day and age, it's like very little reasons as to why you can't go out there and just try to get it. I mean. And, and, and profit to you off of what black folk have been denied. Hispanics are coming here by the, by the millions freeload to get what black folk have been denied and yet but yet you know why they're getting this you know why they're getting this clawed because those people be voting they be voting well you got well you got a bunch of babblers out here telling you negroes don't be politically engaged well guess what you're not going to get shit and then you can't present anything other than reparations like well we need this well i mean put that shit on paper and send it up the chain man Hispanics were the second or third slaveholders in the world on black folk. Asians enslaved black folk. American Indians enslaved black folk. Every group of human beings on earth have enslaved and profiteered off of black folk. Stand up and say, this is your reckoning. You're going to come up with something. Black. We ain't participating in this game of voting just to vote. We're not voting for no damn rights, damn civil rights. We're voting for resources. That's what I'm telling you in conclusion, Dr. Watkins. Tell these black folk that I know, get up off your humps and stand up like be man and women and say, no, we're not, we're not gay. We're not, we're not poor. <laughs> poor whites right now got, got, got 10 times more wealth than a poor black person. Quit getting behind this game about these broad groups. Don't let anybody use any broad, ambiguous names against you. They use the word minority. You get up and walk out of the room. They start you talking about poor people, get up and leave. They start talking about gender issues, get up and leave. White women. Get every benefit that the white man has. She profiteered just like the white man did. Stand up for yourself and say, we are special people. We demand to be recognized, appreciated, and, and reparated for what we built in this country. And that we don't give a damn about living in your community. I don't need no social integration. We'll build our black, not black neighborhoods. We'll build black communities. We reside there and take care of each other, support each other, buy from each other, share with each other. And if we have to suffer, we suffer together. If we have to prosper, we prosper together. Nah, I'm not suffering together on shit. <laughs> the hell is this we suffer together crap? The hell is you talking about, man? Why can't I just spend my money where I want to spend my money? With whoever provides me the best quality product and service at a fair price. I don't care. Listen, I, I, don't, I don't care about this whole 
black business, white business, Asian business. I care about products, quality of the products, and paying a, a fair price for whatever service or product that I'm buying. That's all I care about. If a black person can provide me a great quality product at a fair price, or what you know, the fair market price or whatever, then you know, super cuts and pay probably $10, $15 to get a haircut <laughs> by some white person. But guess what? I don't do that. I go to the brother because he provides me a quality service that I'm willing to pay for. That I know is going to be far superior than a supercuts haircut. That's what I want black folk to do. Stand up and say we are special people. We would and we we're not here as guests. Every white person, every Asian, every Hispanic in this country, they are guests. Black folk are here based on the blood, sweat, and tears of millions of black folk who labored as cotton pickers, waiters, cooks, and butlers, and, and, uh, and waiters. They are special people. Black folk are exceptional people. And I'm not going to let anybody get ahead of them if I can help it. Thank you very much. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you, Dr. Anderson. And, um, and by the way, uh, Madden family, I see you. First of all, thank you. All right. I can't take you anymore. I cannot take you anymore of this. I didn't realize I've been on this thing for two and a half hours. Listen, the original question that was posed are from, from the person who sent this in, let me get their name right. You know me, I'll be forgetting. I'm hungry as hell. I had an egg sandwich for breakfast, and that was all I had. So this came from Jonathan. He said, Jonathan, Jonathan sent this in. He was like, he said, Dr. Claude and them say they feel like black people are done soon. And Jonathan's like, I feel like I'm just getting started. How I feel about this. How I feel about this is if black people keep playing the never-ending woe is me game, wanting to return to life in 1820, 18, you know, uh, reconstruction, a return to 1920 Jim Crow, where you honestly think you're going to sit here and segregate yourself from society to where you're going to have like your literal own Blackistan, your own little black communities. And you sitting around here, running around here, pretending like in the year 2020, you can't maneuver and do the things you want to do especially if you can afford to do it and you want to sit around here pretending like you can't go get a firearm because the, when the second amendment was written like 200 years ago, or however long it was, it was written for white dudes when all you got to do is just go read the damn paperwork. And if you are legally allowed to own one, you fill out your paperwork, you pay your monies, you can get you a weapon, too. If you're going to sit here and pretend like you want to rewind the clock and go back to antebellum slavery and Jim Crow and, and play the woe is me game all day and pretend like white folks is just hunting you every five minutes and the police is killing you every five minutes. When I showed you the numbers that say the complete opposite then yeah, black people are done. Black people are done. And guess what? We probably are done because a lot of a lot of Negroes believe it. Like they'll they'll look at these numbers here. Right? This these are the numbers from 2018 that shows white people killed by cops, 451 people. Black people black people killed by cops, 
229. They'll look at these numbers and think that and have you niggas convinced that cops is just killing nothing but black people out here. No, that's not true. That's not true. They killed. They killed over 200 more white people that same year. 451 white people were killed by cops. 229. That's a 200 plus difference, y'all. You go to the FBI crime reports. We're led to believe that we's being hunted, that Ahmaud Arbery type of deal is happening every day. We can't jog. LeBron James out here, man, we can't even go for a jog, man. We can't go to Starbucks. We can't go to Waffle House. We can't do nothing. We can't drive while black. We can't do nothing, man. We just can't do nothing. They's killing us. It's a race war. Look at the race war. Who's winning it? If you want to start doing the body count, more black people kill more white people. Look at that. This is from 2018. 514 white people died at the hands of a black person in 2018. 234 black people died at the hands of a white person in 2018. That's, that's, that's twice the number. Who's really hunting? Who's really so-called hunting people? If you want to do the overall percentages again, you add up all these numbers. So you go to the black or African-American column where it says race of the offender you add up 514 plus 2,600 plus 39 plus 24. That gives you a grand total of 3,177, 3,177. You go to the total column here. You add up 3,315, 2,925, 220, and 110. That gives you 6,570. You take 3,177 divided by 6,570. You get 48%. Black people killed. Black people make up 13% of the population and contributed to 48% of the homicides in America. White people contributed to only 46 and they make up 76% of the population. So who's being hunted? So if you keep buying into this crap, nah, man, hey, Spear, you're going to have to send that money through um, a cash app. I'm about to get, yeah, all, to all topics got to be cash app, man, because I don't ever get that money till I won't get this YouTube money till June. Wait, what month are we in? Till June 21st. So all monies that have been put in through the super chat from May 1st to May 31st, I don't see that money till June 21st. I appreciate it. I'll take a screenshot of it though. Since I might, I might look into it just to entertain you. Then again, I might just take your money and, and call it a day. So I'll look into it. But getting back to my little rant here. If you, if you buy into this madness that the white man is just out to hunt and kill black people all day long when the numbers don't even show this, like, like, like there's no legit reason why black people are running around here having Black Lives Matter protests to the degree that they be having them are hashtagging away about police violence when the numbers clearly say that more white people are getting handed that work than black people. From, uh, from the cops. It should be white people out here hashtagging away, man. 
if we're going to look at the raw numbers, it should be white males in particular. I'm saying, but get back to the crime stats. I mean, I hate to be honest, but dude, we got a bunch of we got a bunch of killers out there. Can we just be honest about it? Who's really hunting who? Who's really killing who out there? Who's really who's really laying bodies out there like that? Only thing you can say is white people kill a bunch of white people, which they do. It's only, you know, 77 more victims of white on white crime than black on black crime. Right. But you get to this interracial thing. It's nearly two times the white victims. That died at the hands of a black person. than a black person died at the hands of a white person. But we're constantly told these boogeyman stories, man. Niggas just hop up on here and just feed you all these stories. Like RBR. Or I don't know how RBR going to sit here and spin this. RBR, since you in here, explain these numbers, RBR. He says white cops have killed more white people because they were black than they have blacks because they were black. What? Did y'all see what RBR just wrote? He said white cops have killed more white people because they were black. Then they have blacks because they were black. So all the white people are, are white, a bunch of a bunch of M&Ms, a bunch of Marshall Mathers, a bunch of catch me outside people. They all a bunch of white people who want to be black. <laughs> that's 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 who all them victims were. At RBR in 2018. In case you missed it. Four hundred fifty one. Oh, let me fix my screen. Four hundred and fifty one white people were killed by police in 2018 compared to 229 black people. So all these 451 white po- people, they were just a bunch of white, a bunch of white dudes pretending to be black, a bunch of white people who thought they were black. They were all white girls who had that. I don't date nothing but black men haircuts. And then every, and then they were all just slim shadies out there. That, that's who they were. <laughs> that's who they were. RBR. Okay. Okay. Or maybe it was a mix of white people and biracial, since you think all biracials with white fathers are white boys. So maybe it was a bunch of me's out there as well. <laughs> that what it is, RBR? Like, like this is what I'm saying, y'all. When you when you when you put actual raw data in front of these clowns' faces, you see how their arguments have just become complete BS. It's a, it's amazing how people can sit here and follow pro blacks like Tariq and everybody else, Boyce and all of them, and just wholeheartedly believe the crap they say. Y'all heard what y'all heard what Dr. Claude Anderson said. Dr. Claude Anderson unapologetically got up on here and stated that black people's is getting chopped down in these streets, y'all, by cops and white people. The 2018 FBI data is the latest and greatest data until they released the 2019 stuff. That is not the truth. The Washington Post, owned by Jeff Bezos, a liberal left-wing leaning uh, newspaper, put this out. If you want to see it, hold on. Let me let me show you the. Oh my god! Let me let me scroll. See Washington Post. In case y'all want to see it, 
992 people got shot and killed by cops in 2018. 451 of them, over half of them, close to half, no, probably over half of them were white people. Yeah, over half of them were white people or close to half. But we're told cops is hunting everybody, only black people. What? That's not what the numbers show. The numbers say a completely different story from this BS narrative they push. Their narrative would be applicable back in the 20s when, where they want to they hop into a time machine and go. That narrative is not applicable in 2020 when you actually look at the data. Ain't that what we doing, y'all? The data. We doing data. Ain't that what, ain't that, ain't that what y'all love when you betting them say it? We doing data. Here's the data right here. The data say Negroes ain't getting killed by cops nowhere near as much as white folks is getting killed by cops. The data also say Negroes is out here contributing to upwards of close to 50% of all the homicides in, in, in America, at least in the year 2018, even though we only make up 13% of the population. And then Dr. Claude Anderson had the nerve to sit up in there and wonder why. How is it that prison is 50% blacks, but only 13% of the population? Well, here you go right here, Dr. Dr. Claude Anderson. Here you go. This is how we get to that number. This is how we get to make up 50% of the prison population right here. You know, obviously murder isn't the only thing, but y'all get what I'm saying. <laughs> this is how we get here. What else? What else? Doctor Claude say he said something else. What did he say? He was something else. He said that stuck out. He said he said this. We was getting haunted. I can't remember. There was another thing he said that kind of stuck out to me. I can't remember what it was. Says I'm not looking close enough. Compare population and ratios. Look, Marcelo, what don't you understand about this, bruh? Here, here's the population information right here, dude. <laughs> Look, I, I, went, I went to the, all these websites before I went live. I did all this before I came on here live, man. Here's the population information right here. See where it says race and origin? White people make up 76.5% of the United States population. Black people make up 13.4%. That's all black people. ADOS, Africans, and Caribbeans. Like I say, if you subtract ADOS and Africans, it's probably 10% OMs, original minorities, as Dr. Claude Anderson would call it. All right? So we're looking at the numbers right here, dude. To close to 50% of all the homicides be in 2018. How does, I mean, make that one make sense, Marcelo. This is literally based off the numbers. Straight from the FBI.gov website. This ain't something I just pulled out of thin air. This is straight from, they, this is straight from, the, from, the, from the website right here. You go look it up yourself. Like I say, this is the latest and greatest. I don't think they released the 2019 joints yet. So 13% of the population 
commits almost 50% of the homicides, yo. But we's hunting, but but we's 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 hunting people. I mean, we we's getting hunted. Says if whites are the majority, then wouldn't it make sense they have more police encounters? Yeah, but it see here's the problem with that. They only have like two hundred. They only have like twice the encounters we have, man. Wouldn't there, if we're going to go by the percentages, they should have like, it shouldn't be just 451 white people being killed by cops on here. If we're going to go by the whole, they're 75% and we're 13%, that 451 number should be proportional to that, to that as well, which means that thing should probably be about like, I don't know, freaking six, seven hundred. It should be a way, it should be, it should be significantly more higher than that to represent them being a bigger population. And therefore, they experience more death because it's only a, like a 200, 200 point difference between the two. RBR says, check my cash app. RBR sending money out in these streets. RBR, I ain't going to put your real name out there. He says, for cops, it's $5 for cops who, for cops have killed way more whites for being black. Appreciate the money, RBR. Go crazy ass. All I'm saying, yeah, black people are done if black people don't start Seriously analyzing what's really going on in 2020. What's really the bigger threat? Is it the police or is it other black people? Look, y'all see I got highlighted. 2,600 black people were killed by other black people compared to the police and compared to other white people. Who's really the threat to your safety? And this is part of the reason why you have a bunch of black people who can make some decent money who move up out the hood because if it's and, and they end up going to the burbs or wherever else. Because if it was just about, like I said earlier, if it was just about this obsessive need to live around white people, black people could move up out the hood and go to a trailer park. Y'all trailer parks in America are known for being predominantly white. Well, that's at least that's the stereotype. I'll put it that way. Trailer park trash. Remember that? So if it's all about y'all just want to be, y'all want to move out the hood and be around white people, how come Negroes ain't moving out the hood and going to the trailer parks then? Why are they going to these, the burbs or these uh, other affluent areas that might be predominantly white or more mixed race? It ain't because they want to be around white people. Excuse me. My stomach's growling. It ain't because they want to be around white people. It's because they want to be around access to resources, access to good schools, access to low crime. They want to live around. They want to live in communities with low crime, good schools, and decent resources. They don't want to be living in food deserts. They don't want to be living next door to niggas trapping. Or where where stray bullets are flying on a random just just a regular daily basis. 
It ain't. If, if, you see what I'm saying? If it's all about you just want to be around white people, how come niggas ain't moving to the trailer parks? They can be. There's all kind of white people at the trailer parks, and like I said earlier, it's probably cheaper to live in the trailer parks than it is to live in the hood. Nobody ever asks these questions. Nobody ever sits around and think about this crap. Yo, they want to be around white people. Nigga, I can just move to the trailer parks, B. <laughs> I won't be around white people so much. Save all kind of money living out there with Jeffro and, and, and Susie Lou. As they out there whipping up meth and Doing all kind of crazy shit with with Joe with Joe Exotic, whatever his name is, the lion dude. You people making no sense. It ain't about I want to move around white. No, I want to live in an area where I can raise a family and not have to sit around here and hope, hope and pray my kids don't catch a stray bullet as they're outside playing or in their house or in their or in their room reading a book or playing video games or something. I want to live in an area where I can drive within a three, four mile radius and have access to about three or four grocery stores. I want to live in an area where the school systems is decent, meaning they might not be A plus, but they damn sure ain't F and they damn sure ain't looking like a scene from Lean On Me where niggas got to put locks on the school doors. <laughs> To lock people in and try to force them to do their homework, or they got a bunch of metal detectors up in there. You know what I'm saying? I want to live in a decent school zone if I got kids. If the, and if the majority of the population that just happens to be where those resources are, if the majority of the population happens to be white, then so be it. If the majority of the population was black and they still had good resources, low crime and, and good schools and all that other crap. Guess what? I would move over there, too. I don't give a fuck who lives out there. Just don't fuck with me. Pay your taxes. Cut your goddamn grass. Make sure your kids is out there learning and shit. Look at this. Arby, y'all so dumb. He says, blacks like Ahmad Arbery and Botham John move out the hood so racists can shoot them. <laughs> Nigga, they could have stayed in the hood. Look, look at the stats, B. Look at the stats. They could have stayed in the hood and got handed that work. They got a way higher chance of getting handed that work by another black person. You, you sitting here maximizing the minimum and engaging in extreme cherry picking. That's what y'all all do. Y'all ignore all this data and do some extreme Botham John and Ahmaud Arbery. They'll ignore all the other 2,600 niggas who got killed by black people in 2018 and focus on the onesie and twosie. It's a race war. They got Botham John and Ahmaud Arbery. What about all the other 2,600 black people? They got killed by other black people. We ain't gonna start rattling their names off. Huh? Do a video on them. How come I ain't seen 2,600 hashtags flying up and down Twitter identifying all the mother black people who got killed by black people in 2018? Y'all focus on the onesie and twosie white people. 
Because look, let's just take, let's just say this was, let's just say Ahmad Arbery and Botham John got killed in 2018, which we know they did. But let's just say they did, say that they did. They would only account for 234 victims killed by white people. That's it. Or the other stat of only 229 black people. That's it. They ain't even broke 300. But you're going to ignore the 2600 number. We're talking about why, why people want them, don't want to be around the hood. Because niggas don't want to get shot. <laughs> I'm here with these onesies and twosies. And ignore this shit right here. People live in delusional land, y'all. They just literally just make stuff up just to, just to, just to keep this woe is me narrative when the numbers don't even justify it. They just literally just make stuff up. To push this woe is me, yous can't do nothing narrative. And then they don't, they, anyways, I'm about to bounce. Shout out to everybody who sent in some money. It's been three hours of this crazy crap. Shout out to everybody putting some money in here. Let me, let me, let me, let me see. Y'all know who y'all are. If I missed you, my bad. I'm about to roll. Y'all be safe. I got a headache and my stomach is growling. Peace.